Hello, everyone. And it's me, Benno, here. <laughs> We're Rich Fan. Talk coming from the future, the past. I think it's the future. Um, yeah. Rich here as uh, we record and scramble for this uh, this new intro for uh, Spotlight. There's no big issue, mate. We're just about to say all right. We're, everyone's about to hear us be right for 90 minutes about WWE in succession. So, you know, it's a victory lap. I think we're going to take it. What is yeah, going nice on? on the back, you know, Siobhan. Siobhan did what they had to do, you know, and Tom, Tom decided, you know, hey, I'm going to stay back here. I like my office. It smells nice. Oh. Oh, oh, it's amazing. The re the reason it's uh, it's me and Rich here is uh, JP's gone to bed. We we just finished podcasters case. Rich just finished doing spotlight. We were we were wrapped up. We were patting ourselves on the back. Going, oh, we got that in good in good time. We were done in about you know by eleven p.m. UK time. Twenty five minutes later. Stephanie steps in, and I would like to say, Rich, I wouldn't like to say, but I will say, it feels like she's uh, ruined the uh, the hour of uh, conversation we had where we compared uh, WWE's current woes to uh, Succession. But I don't know. I don't think there's anything more Succession than a than a twist like this. I think if anything, like I say, she just she just proved you right, Rich. It's it is it's Shiv Roy the whole story. Yeah, it's this is Shiv. I think we just got a preview for the upcoming season of Succession. Shiv <laughs> resigns from the company. She's tired of the BS. She thought she was going to be CEO. Her dad's back in place. <laughs> Sales supposed to have like it's it's beat for beat. I feel bad because HBO should sue. This is gimmick infringement. Oh. I am. I on one hand, I mentioned you know you'll hear this in the past slash future, uh, but. You know, I mentioned Triple H, Paul Levesque being kind of careful about how he says things. And it's clear, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, when those doors are closed, they're on the same page. And yeah. it makes sense because uh, the one thing I wanted to look for in her announcement was there's no divestment of stock. She's just resigning as CEO. So if they do follow through on her dad's master plan and sell it, mm -hmm. she's going to make profit. But if they don't, she can just back away and take no responsibility for the chaos that's about to ensue. It's a it's a psychologist dream because like you know even even in resigning her statement that she's she's put on Twitter then now forever together so borrowing a phrase from dad she's trying to put it in you know the best possible light you know I took a leave of absence for a few weeks I came back now that job's done and I our founder Vince is back so you know you know when now we're in such a strong position I can step aside as you say. The back, the the maneuverings here, like I, I would love to just, like like I say when people hear the full podcast, I would love to hear the, you know, not in a weird way, some kind of audio tape from those conversations there in the in Triple H app because that can't be the whole story. There is absolutely more to this. Um, I wonder, did she jump? Was she pushed? The other thing that's that's come out, uh, WWE have put on their their corporate site already that WWE's board of directors have unanimously. Elected Vincent Mann, executive chairman of the board. The statements in there from uh, from Vince himself, thanking Stephanie for how proud he is of her great work so far. Mentioning that Nick Khan's going to be the uh, the sole CEO going forward. Quick quote from Stephanie. Bit of a quote from Nick Nick Khan where he's very thankful for Vincent Mann's support. I mean, you probably wouldn't expect it, but of course, no quote from Triple H there. There's extreme executive spin going on here, mm -hmm. and it's going to be really wild in these next few weeks and months as these resignations continue, as these 
revelations continue because as someone mentioned, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it during the uh, podcast proper, but you know, one of the listeners had mentioned, one of the patrons had mentioned the, the, the email that came out after Christmas to respond events mentioned several uh, not, not yet public mm. uh, things that they were aware of that, you know, the public wasn't. So this is when that starts. And Stephanie, again, same thing as Shiv. Do you want to be the female CEO that's mm. at the helm of this misogynistic melting pot of failure that Vince has going on in terms of cover ups, uh, DNA? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 not DNAs, um, non disclosure agreements, NDAs, and just absolute just crap, male mm. chauvinist pig. You know, we talk about other shows, you know, Mad Men, this bygone era of I'm a white dude that's a CEO and I'll get away with whatever the crap I want because that's always been the deal. Like Stephanie, of all people, Stephanie is just fed up. I mean, before she could at least cite Triple H's health issues. She's just like, I'm out. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like she must know the way this is going to read. They don't care. Like I say, if this is you know, lesser resignation and more Vince pushing her out. It just goes to, you know, what we we spent an hour talking about. Vince doesn't care as long as he gets his, his own way. He doesn't care about, you know, the, the aesthetics of this. He's back in charge. That all, that's all that matters. Like, it feels like it's only a matter of time before the rest of the dominoes start falling. Like, how long can Triple H really stay in place if Stephanie, like you say, of all people, is the is the one to walk out. How long I mean that Nick Khan statement, which is, you know, he's saying all the right things in the in the corporate statements about how thankful he is to have Vince's support and how much he's looking forward to in future working closely with them there to to give more success to WWE. I think in a couple of weeks we're gonna be laughing at that statement when Nick Khan is the next domino to go. Have you got bets in this in this house of cards slash succession? What's what what happens next, Rich? Like, what could I, I think it I honestly think it'll be every executive except for Khan. The only reason I say that is because Khan mm. is one of the super agents in formerly of CAA and in television and movies. And so it's gonna take a lot short of like a dead body falling into his office for him to get out of the gravy train and mm. not have the accept the ability to do a magnum opus of either a sale and a deal at the same time or one and then the other. Mm. And for him, he has the golden parachute. If he leaves this it's unscathed. And as I said, when he first got hired, he could just say this was pro wrestling Mm. and everyone else would just nod approvingly and he'll move back into wherever he wants to go. Mm. I think for McMahon, this is, I mean, Levesque's probably going to be the next one or another member of the investigation side of things. I think Levesque's going to be a little bit tricky because you're also dealing with bragging about how well television's going to be. And he's right. the only one that's kind of keeping things together. And your toadies, you can't really put them in front because no. you, the product's going to go right back down the crapper. As we mentioned, you know, some mm-hmm. of those aforementioned things in terms of who's on TV, who's being spotlighted, who's getting those opportunities. The wrestling mm-hmm. we see. I mean, we've gone from... Uh, you know, I mentioned the 24-7 title, but we've gone from just a variety show to probably somewhere around in, in a, in a three-hour Raw, we're getting mm-hmm. about 50 minutes of wrestling. And then on a SmackDown, we're getting about 35 with solid character development. Like, yeah. is he going to fire the ombudsman that's keeping track of all the storylines that Triple H hired? <laughs> is he going to just say, nah, we don't need, I got it all up here. Don't need that logic. And that's, nightmare scenario 
That's don't the need this, scenario for me. We don't need this script written any more than five minutes before the show starts. You know, we don't. We, yeah, we, we, we don't need that. any of that. We need to go back to yeah the way I. Like we brought this fiend crap back. Like ah, <laughs> just go out there and be the fiend. Like I don't need this Uncle Howdy. Who's this Johnny Gargano? But like we say, very convenient. He has an injury right now. We'll see if that turns out to be. Uh, there's anything more. So I'm sure there's not. But you know, it's just it's wild, Rich. Like how have like 2022 was the year that kept on giving as far as big, big stories go. Like I've seen a couple of people say we are 11 days into 2023 and we're having Stephanie Romero's yeah. WWE story. It's just, uh, I think we're in for another one of those years. Yeah, story of this. Honestly, the story, the biggest story of 22, and one of the biggest stories in professional wrestling ever, has mm-hmm. carried into year into the next year, and has only gotten crazier. And so as we go through 2023, you got television deals, you got a potential sale, you got intrigue in terms of how many people are really going along to get along and how many people really have reached the the uh, the line in the sand as far as like how much crap they can take from this company. And then we haven't even gotten yet to the employees, the workers yeah. who might start to say, you know what, if this is it. Yeah. To that point, saying now on Twitter, apparently several wrestlers in the last 10 minutes <laughs> have expressed dismay at the Stephanie McMahon resignation to your point. You know, that's already happening. Yeah, and, and that's only going to lead to more issues because if you kill the morale, that was the thing they had going for them. You, mm-hmm. you, you have the competition with AEW, you know, Tony's, you know, enjoying himself, but he only has so much money, he can't hire mm-hmm. them all. Mm-hmm. And so we do need an ecosystem where there are in North America two solid companies, hopefully three if Impact ever got its head out of its rear end. But because of that, now it's just going to be this big old chaotic morass because what if he does sell it, does that come with the IP of the wrestlers, the contracts of the wrestlers? Are some folks going to get, you know, to, to keep the books clean? Are you going to be getting rid of folks there? Uh, if you hire the wrong person, are they going to start to decide, well, we can work this cheaper, quicker, faster, and we don't need all the production people? This can go merry ways. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like Stephanie could turn up in AEW, you know? Uh, probably not. But <laughs> Shane's probably more likely for that. And that'll probably be to work a match. No, it's only gone. You put him in the <laughs> Jeff Jarrett position. Um, but like, yeah, I think the biggest thing I, I'll probably say, I mean, does this change your perspective on what Vince McMahon's motivations were? You know, over the last week or so, you know, we in the extended podcast, people are here. Um, like, we're probably, I still think we're right in that, you know, we've been suspicious of Vince's motivations. You know, is he really coming back for a sale or is he just coming back to consolidate power? Like I say to you, like over the last weekend or so, I've started to maybe soften on that stance. But I don't know, is this more of a sense that it just, it's just Vince consolidating power and a sale isn't really a thing he actually wants at the end of all of this? Yeah, I'm with you. And I know Wade mentioned when we chatted last week from what he'd been talking to folks, you know, even the holidays with him in terms of as a family sitting around were very tense because this was the background. And so I could only imagine, you know, happy new year pop and Stephanie in the back of her mind's like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can do literally anything else. And, you know, Shane, I'm sure is in the wings. I could be CEO. He's like, yeah. don't worry about it, Shane. We're good here. Because he really is the, he's the closest we can get of all my Roy's to my man uh, Jeremy uh, Strong in terms of just like he, he feels would a have honor as well, just a little bit. Yeah, he's like both of them. He's like a baby between the two of them because yeah. he can he'll say some weird stuff, but then I can imagine him having a Christ themed birthday party where he's like, 
or or doing good tweet, bad tweet, which is my worst nightmare. Like good tweet, bad tweet, bad tweet. <laughs> like in the back of a limo somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're like giving Shane like random jobs, like they do Connor. Oh, go run Royco Europe. Oh, you can yeah, go go China. That's that's where you belong, Shane. Go go work there. You'll be fine. Just stay out the way. <laughs> yeah, he'll come back. The presidency run of Shane McMahon coming in uh, in twenty twenty three. I want the whole twist to be that the Mazzola cooking oil empire buys WWE. And so right <laughs> when you thought it was safe, Shane's like, I own you now, Dad. And we get the WCW WWE. Uh, last episode done in real life. Oh, amazing! Well, if you want, if you want more where that came from, as far as a uh, succession um, comparisons with WWE, and uh, if you're listening to the audio version, um, continue listening as a uh, past um, Rich Benno and uh, and JP uh, go through all our conspiracy theories. It's mostly turn out right, but yeah, crazy night, Rich. Any any closing thoughts on this uh, latest uh, McMahon family drama? Hopefully, I'm not calling you in eight hours and going, Nick's gone as well. We need to do another 10 minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, who knows? We might be dealing with Vince might be gone. Like, after yeah. all, if after all this, like, let's say health took over, because he wants, essentially, he wants to die in the chair. And so, is it worth it? Like, this is a big King Lear moment for him. Is it worth it, though? tear your family apart and tear your company down to the studs just to say you were the guy that did it. Yeah. Not this, that's the, that's the, you know, if he's worried about like how he looks in the history books over this last couple of years, he's turned on his daughter. He's turned on his son-in-law. He's turned on his son. Like, yeah. Don't get in the way of Vince McMahon and his, uh, and his money and his company. That's all that matters to him. But yeah, uh, Rich, thank you again for, uh, for joining me again. And like I say, folks over to the, uh, the main podcast, Enjoy. We were still right, Rich. That's all that matters. Podcast is really <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied. The power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secrets. Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And joining us, he's the Will Cooling Whisperer. He's a host of many podcasts over at PW Torch. Uh, everything, uh, the deep dive, uh, you do the East Coast cast as well. Also might see him uh, popping up every now and then on, uh, on post-wrestling. But like I say, his main job is uh, Will Cooling's handler. It's the one and only Rich Van. Hi, Rich. <laughs> hey, guys. Happy to be here. And Will is not, so that means I get to be a little bit off. <laughs> I considered asking Will, because last time there was big Vince news, I considered having, uh, having mm. him on the show. And I was like, no, we'll, we'll have to let Rich get a word in. So like, we'll we'll give Rich the floor on this one. Uh, <laughs> we'll have Will on another time. <laughs> Listen, Will is instrumental for me getting my workouts in during podcasts, because I can <laughs> yes. lift, I can do a set, I can breathe. And then all of a sudden, Rich, what do you think? Well... And then he cuts in, and then I can just go right back to mute and do the next set. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there was that I was saying. I don't know if you heard me say it on here, but like the other week when um, during the World Cup final, like I popped, I popped off. It was like two, it was two nil. 
thought there was never going to be like a game in this. I thought it was boring. It was like 10 minutes before half time. Uh, I need to go get, do some jobs. I'll go, I'll go out on the scooter. I'll go to the shops. And I spent like the 10 minutes on the scooter while the best 10 minutes of the entire World Cup were happening, listening to Will tell you about his wedding again <laughs> and about buying a goat or something like that. I don't know what it was. I was, I was yeah. having a good time enjoying it. And you're right, it passes the time. But <laughs> I got off and I was like, oh, fuck, I could have been watching the World Cup here. But. You know, it's always entertaining when Will tells those stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had listeners like we have a, a Brian Alston. He's been a Torch listener for uh, thirty plus years. He wrote me specifically to talk about how much he enjoys Will's stories because, as an American, like hearing a uh, white Britain marry an African woman in the process, like that mm-hmm. alone could be a show. It's like Bob Hart, Hart's Abishola, like in reverse. <laughs> and so that that's definitely it's it's been fun and i think will's comments especially when you look at the way their relationship changed where like they went from married to separated to divorced to now will being bisexual and her being like, I was like how did you find each other <laughs> like how did this happen see I, the first time i did the podcast with will i didn't know i didn't really know him i just knew he was the guy from the observer at the time now he's on the torch you know uh, and there might be reasons for that but like when I, I record within five minutes i knew that story i knew about his wedding i knew about his sexuality i knew about his kids <laughs> i just will he's an open book you know he does, uh, Look, on, he does our, will our first episode jp i'm sorry I, i'm pulling it's a will on. i'm gonna jump in Go our it, first episode on the vip side where it was like I didn't have to keep track because that was the biggest stressor for me when I did it. And it was our free side because I'd have to keep track because Wade would be sending it out to the general public. So I'd have to write down time markers when Will cussed and then either edit it or send it to our editor for for him to bleep it. Mm. First episode, he's like, all right, I want to talk about how hot Sunny uh, Kiss looked in their uh, <laughs> Halloween outfit and whether you think Wade will join us to talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> the spit take I did when he brought that up is like the first topic. I was out of there. Well, this is, I mean, that's very, that's, that's, that's Will for you though, isn't it? God, God love him. I do want to know, has he got you at all into cricket in this time? So that's very much where, where me and Will, we are like. Not really. I'm, and, and are you guys also in darts? Because I know that's another big one. It's no, I, I'm not so into. It was massive last week, wasn't it? With the whole yeah. I didn't understand the nine darts or something. JP, I didn't really. Oh, the greatest leg in Everyone. in. Um, enjoyed it. The greatest leg in darts history. It was two two of them on for a nine darter. Like, and you know, you've got what? How many? How many darts do they use in total for it? Yeah, it was like it was eighteen darts between the two of them. It's one thing for one player to get it in a match is. It's quite rare. It happens a lot more these days. But to have two players in the final doing it simultaneously in the same leg, and then as one misses, the other one has like three, uh, three, three to win the leg, and he went on to win it. It was it was great. Darts is brilliant, but it's it's also on around Christmas here for like the big stuff. But the crowds, it's it's wrestling. If you look, yeah. at it, it's very very clearly looked at wrestling and thought we're going to embrace the noise. We're going to embrace the drink. And that's what it is. So if you're ever around that part of North London, like Alexandra Palace, and then you're around Christmas, you're wondering why there's a load of people dressed up as the Smurfs and where's Waldo. <laughs> and they're absolutely leathered 
and you're thinking it's it's 11 a.m. here. This is like you're hitting it pretty bad. Basically, but... Fight Club Pro JP is what you're describing. Yeah. Like in the at, the at the peak of the press boom, you in know, essence, that's yeah. pretty much what it is, isn't it? No one's actually going there to watch any of the actual wrestling matches. No one's going I, there to watch the actual darts. I do love watching darts. It's it's it is crack. It's a very very easy watch, and it's bloody hard. Mm. Like it's not the like the kind of easiest game in the world, and you learn a bit of maths. Where's Wally? Is what I meant. Sorry, I'm being told off there. My girlfriend. <laughs> so I said, "Where's Waldo?" And I'm trying to where's <laughs> got that might have been guess. an episode of, of Black Mirror, but it's where. Yeah, it's where. It, it's, it's where's Wally over here, isn't it? Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, but no, Richard. Uh, it is great to uh, to have you on. We've been uh, we've been talking about it for a while. I think we've we've all done podcasts at different times. You and Will mm -hmm. kept uh, me and Martin available uh, awake on the the uh, on the BWE twenty four hour stream. I know you and JP have uh, have done pods about uh, Arsenal and stuff together. But oh, yeah, it's yeah. good to have you on the uh, on the mothership here. Mate. Hopefully, hopefully Wade doesn't listen and we don't get you into too much trouble. We'll be on our best behavior. Like when we have Karen on, we're always worried yeah. that we're gonna, we're gonna cost Karen work. Um, but then again, like I say, you work with Will. So you're all right. Yeah, Wade yeah, can't I mean, listen to any of those Will shows. It, it can't be. There's no way he puts them on. <laughs> listen, between Will and my first host, Travis, who does the East Coast cast with me, yeah, where I've spent the last seven years opening up any of his comments with the views of Travis Bryant do not reflect Pro Wrestling Torch, PDH Communications, <laughs> all rights reserved. You can't. You guys are fine. I always enjoy the Brit Res Plus community. I have coined that term because I don't I realize That's that there are some members Europe. that aren't British that do not want to be associated as British and will stab me if and this is all Alan basically Alan's basically yeah. said you know you call me British one more time mother like <laughs> he he showed me the knife and he's like I will mail this stabbing to you politely and uh oh, yeah but not very much Alan Farrell he's forever he is like, threatening he does it it shows he threatens people yeah. with knives. He's a he's a the nice honestly, guy act JP. It's not real, it is. is it? You know? It's all about. <laughs> Yeah, man, James is the same. No, that's the thing. I think the, that's the problem. Like as you, you, I heard you and Will talking about it on uh, the deep dive this week, going into uh, into my Twitter uh, replies about the whole Sasha Banks thing. You don't want to be grouped with the British because apparently we're all bitter, being eaten bastards. So we're all miserable, and you know the Irish are like uh, bread. different. Head shaped like bread. Yeah, that's it. yeah. You got the bro that. you're in bread club with Kojima. Like, I mean, that that's pretty strong. <laughs> I take, take it. it. Own it. Go with it on that. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, I think I don't know. We're we're a special breed all ourselves. I think the uh, the Irish fans. I don't, I don't Euro Res Plus. I don't know. JP yeah. was a better Euro player. Res. Ooh, it's Who's like it's like trouble? the Euro uh, Euro Res. I like that. Well, it's, it's complicated. It's very much a split from Britain on that one, isn't it? There. There's a 2016 <laughs> elephant in the room. We're leaving out. Of that. Well, see, yeah, Will's a Brexiteer, so then that makes yeah. it even more confusing because he'll be he'll prefer Brit Res Plus, but then he won't get all of the wrestling services and it's, mm. it's the whole thing. I think he wants a Norwegian <laughs> rest type deal, but we haven't got the or a, or a Swiss rest type deal. But you well, know, they could take we, over we, that we never negotiated there. We'll <laughs> a bit of comedy into the mix and seeing, seeing what happens. <laughs> Oh uh, well, I was going to say. Speaking of, we, we, in the pre-show, we were talking about some perverted old oh. men. Uh, the reason we've got you here, Rich, is to talk about all that perverted old men. No, not Will Goodling. Mm. We are here to talk um, oh. <laughs> the big, 
the big news story of the week. Um, and obviously, I know you've been uh, going to be doing some work on it over at uh, over at the torch and stuff. And it's one of those things where it's unavoidable. We did the uh, the breaking news show, didn't we, on the uh, on the weekend show over on the uh, the Patreon JP as the uh, as the Vince news uh, came kind of came through. But we thought you'd be the man to uh, to speak to um, to to give a maybe a more serious edge to this uh, to this uh, whole ridiculous uh, story that's going on. I mean, it's not like there's a huge amount more detail jp since we did the uh the weekend show last week there's people floating potential buyers um for wwe and and talking about uh you know there's the, there was the notes wasn't that coming out of the, the talent meeting on uh on smackdown which mm. was basically nothing was just i know i know wade was big on that you know stephanie mcmahon's um freudian slip about how you know i can't remember how she worded it. it was something like you know some of you might have grievances about this or some of you might you know not be not be happy about this but just rest assured this is going to be great and you know, there's lots to look forward to. It was one of them. It was a, it was one of those statements that said nothing, but also said a lot without saying it. Um, I mean, the dust has settled now, JP. I think that that, that about covers it, doesn't? It, as far as like new details yeah. on it, we've not seen. It. We don't believe in something that had anything to do with Raw last night, or at least he wasn't in the building. Um, although you know, the, apparently the Raw script got finished last second, so there's there's every chance. Johnny Gargano also got taken down with a mysterious injury, which could just have been that Vince McMahon store and walking down the corridor and was like, "Get that fucker out of my sight." So there's always a chance, but I think I've covered it there. I think that's a uh, that's all the new detail we know. Yeah. I think that's it for the for the time being on it. I mean, I think where a lot of the story is, is some of the story, it, it, there's many component parts to this, as, as we said on the weekend show, mm-hmm. but it, it feels like you've got the um, the part, it, say with Vince coming back in, how that affects morale, day-to-day workings, him manoeuvring himself onto the board again. Then it links into the sale and then who is going to buy them, but more importantly, who's going to buy them and have Vince in control as part of the stipulation for that, which company is going to do that of which I've heard it touted. And this is where we get into kind of, you know, large media conglomeration, conglomerations, your Comcasts and mm. Disney and, and the like as well. So it does kind of feel like, like that's where a lot of the, a lot of the kind of story is. But I mean, I think the thing to, to kind of take away from it is he's very much, he's done a power play here to gain mm. control and he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong, that he's paid his penance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you think about the time he was away, the thing that he didn't get to do was say goodbye on his terms. Like mm-hmm. that would be the thing that would be enormously eating him up. Mm-hmm. Where are you at at this point, Rich? What's your uh, your theory on it? Is it a real, you know, come back to get a sale? Is it? Is it... Vince just saying the right thing so he can weasel his way back in. Is this the worst slash best episode of Succession ever? Like, what's your uh, what's your theories on it all? What's your do you watch Succession, Rich? Oh, listen, JP, I got to tell you, Succession is the way I finally broke Wade and the way that Will broke me. Oh. <laughs> like, usually, oh, wow. when Wade and I do shows, he's very like he'll like I'll send him. In fact, today we got a show we're going to be doing later tonight, and I haven't sent him that. He usually gets like we get the run sheet. We kind of have general idea what we're talking about. Once we both found out we not only watched but loved Succession, it just <laughs> shifted everything. Because I, you know, one of my first uh, thoughts with this was, and I even wrote it for this month's column in the in the Torch. Mm. At this point, the creators of Succession should just stop and watch what's happening and get inspiration for 
whatever they want to do because this has now gone beyond it's kind of like when game of thrones went beyond what martin was writing and they're just out there hanging loose and it kind (laughs) of went south this is the reverse like they're like listen real life is happening and this is crazier than anything we would have written so let's just Mm -hmm. see what happens like what do you think is going to happen when uh waystar royko decides that you know not only is he going to come back but he's going to bring in like the guys from season, like Wade mentioned, the guys from season two, like you, if, if Jerry was fired and uh, I can't remember the other guy from board, the, uh, the board on the floor episode, the older gentleman. And instead of them being like us aligned with the kids, oh, Steph, oh, she's a legend. Uh, bringing them in. And right now for me, there's a couple of people in this circle. First of all, Shane is just hanging out. Like I think people don't realize that Shane is uh, ridiculously wealthy because of his wife and he can just chill and screw around and do all this stuff for that reason because his wife is marissa mazzola of mazzola cooking oil Mm. so he's a billionaire scion by marriage now so that's why he could screw around and be like screw you dad i'm going to china and i'm making pay-per-view even though no one wants it and all this (laughs) other stuff because he's like i'm good so he's right over here He's Roman, but basically wanting to be in a in a happy, committed marriage and have a family, basically. Exactly. Roman wanted to do that, but he's the same with all the nonsense. Yeah, right, Roman exactly. And then kind of. <laughs> you got Paul and you got Stephanie, the, the bad Stephanie, not the good one listening right now. And Stephanie is obviously, you know, Siobhan, and she's trying to hold it down and do what she can. And, you know, Nick Khan is playing the role of, like, both – uh romans not roman uh both uh what's the oldest the oldest son's name oh, it just I fell out of my head alan ruck uh, do his play by him yeah connor yeah connor connor so he's connor like Rook. the 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 best and worst of like connor mixed mm. a little bit with some of the ancillary characters that are like the yes men and women and mm. he's just trying to because he's like i'm an expert or he's the lawyer from last season that goes mm-hmm. up and says, you know, do you really, do you really want me to be your lawyer? Because it sounds like you're not listening to anything I'm doing. It's like, do you think you're smarter than me? He's like, not that I'm smarter than you. It's just yeah. that I'm smarter than you. And of course, my favorite member of the uh, the family, uh, Paul, mm-hmm. he is the best combination of my favorite characters. In oh, oh, if you had Shane's kids mm. and how they look more like, listen. Yeah, I don't want to put anything out here that's gonna get the grapple guy <laughs> suit, but it always haunts me when things like that happen. Because yeah. when you think about like with Benoit, the way he was like his son, like he was pumping him full of stir. Like I worry that Shane has done some secret plastic yeah. surgery to his kids <laughs> to look like their granddad. Because remember, he did that weird again, weird, very successiony. Well, my son should get the company because they're men, virile men, virile <laughs> straight men who are grandsons of Vince McMahon. They're genetic jackhammers in training. And Stephanie's just like, nah, I'm good. We're, we're good. Aurora Rose is going to come out here and just slap all you guys around. Uh, and that's oh, what yeah. I'm waiting for. When she finally yeah. debuts as an NXT wrestler and her and uh, the Rock's daughter slowly take over the company out from under the olds. <laughs> that is the storyline I need to see. 
but JP's favorite is that like because Shane's sons are great because like they're both like like uh, football players and like you said, one of them's got an Instagram where he's been firing off about Vince this week. So I think the fair game to it uh, to bring into the story. But JP's favorite, have you ever seen Rob McMahon's sons, like Vince's mm-hmm. brother? Like they're oh. a, they look like a tag team, then too. They could be the new yeah. natural design. Why, why weren't they working Legion of Doom in yeah. like 90, 91, 92? Like that's yeah, what I want to know. Those lads should have been in a tour of all Japan. Like absolute, like kind of just a proper couple of units. The the mm. nephews yeah. there, and, and you don't even get to like you look at the the board and the three mm. folks who are just like stormtroopered out. Yeah, and you know yeah. I I got a lot of folks on my Twitter feed. They didn't jump at me like you did, like you Benno, but their first thing was, well, everyone's gonna say all this stuff about what's going on with Vince, and you guys don't know he can't get back. It's like listen. This is a dude who thought he beat the federal government on steroid rap when he was kicked out unceremoniously in 2022. The first thing he said by the time we got to the summer was, I got bad advice and I should have stayed. What makes you think he's going to listen to SEC filings and rules as far as the jurisprudence he has in a very specific role? If I'm Vince McMahon, the one thing I would say is, as part of these television dealings, in order for us to sell a more palatable product, I need creative because my creativity is what's going to sell the product. Mm-hmm. And just like that, he's now circumvented everything. And mm-hmm. so like you were saying, Benno, I don't know what's going on with Raw. I know it was written last minute, like you said, which also is a stressor because I'm sure Paul wouldn't want it that way. But when you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're pop, you know, pop is like over your shoulder. And you know what? I know where you wanted me to be serious, but I do have a serious and silly question at one. I wonder how Triple H's in-law, like his parents feel about this because they're just some French Canadian folks just trying to love life. And like, yeah. you know, I imagine them in like a little garden somewhere, like watering plants. And it's like, oh yeah, our son's like helicoptering in to say hi once every 10 years as his in-laws have kind of like stolen him from us. Like what the he's heck, Tom. man? He's literally Tom. It's exactly what he, he is, Tom. Tom. He is. <laughs> like... <laughs> And he's, uh, it's he's like, both Tom, honestly, and a little bit of Greg because he yeah. can't say anything. At least yeah. Tom can kind of say things about Ro- uh, Logan and Shiv will sometimes like kind of side with him. Mm. He can't say a blessed word about this. Like I, I mentioned to Margo, like this is a grenade he cannot jump on mm. in terms of we got to get your dad out of here. He has to wait for Stephanie to say that yeah. until she says it. He's got to be, you know. He's got to, for those of you who haven't seen success, he's basically got to wait and pull off what the last season uh, had happened where you do it, little kiss on the head. And it's like, uh, don't know what happened. Just yeah. like I, if, if I had the ability to like time travel and then displace myself so I could be third quarter, third person view. I want to see who leaked that stuff, because if it was yeah. him, how did it get leaked? Is it just like a little package got thrown at like. Forbes magazines, like I imagine it is actual structure instead of everyone like working like we are from like home or whatever. But I, I want to know how it got there. Was it an email that got sent via signal? Was like how did this stuff get to Forbes? Because the biggest thing we got pushed back on, at least I know what the torch was. How come you guys didn't break this story? It's like, well, I don't work for a fiduciary. Like, yeah, they're trying to get to stockholders. We're yeah. trying to get to wrestling fans and folks who want to follow the media side of this. Like, there's only so much we can do. I can't go jumping into SEC filings. I'm not Bix, is what I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> built for it. Look, the world's only big enough for one Bix. So, yeah, yeah. it's only big enough for one Bix. But, like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I was on a True Heel Heat at the weekend and I was 
to our mutual friend SP3 about it. And I was like, I would like, not in a weird way, not in like the opening conversation we had. I'd love to have like a bugging device in Triple H and Stephanie's bedroom. Like, I just want to know what those conversations are. Because that I bet, yeah, that is the only place that, that Shiv and Tom, Triple H and Stephanie can be honest about this whole situation. And I bet you that conversation is a million miles different than what we're hearing like publicly. It's like, you know, the, even the back and forth, you know, the emails going back and forth when Vince was trying to come back on, was it Christmas Eve? Merry Christmas yeah. uh, to the man family. Like, and the pushback was unanimous from the entire board. It was like, we the board think this is a fucking terrible idea. We'd love to have you involved in negotiations, but you're not coming back. And then Vince pushed back, and now he's back. And now Stephanie's doing these meetings backstage going, oh, we're going to have our founder back, folks. It's going to be so great. And that's the public face they're going to have to put on. But those real conversations that them two are having, you know they're talking about this shit. There's no way. It's all Rosie and the McMahon, uh, McMahon family right now. Well, absolutely not. And like for very good reason. I mean, it's, it's, it, I was looking at something like I think John Pollock had written where it's just like going through the stock price over yeah. the major kind of time periods and everything else. And, and, you know, we've, we've said, and what the WWE product has generally been is competent mm -hmm. with the premium live events being kind of better than what I've expected in a lot of occasions. Mm -hmm. But television is written out properly. Mm -hmm. Um, talents are treated in a certain way there's a very much a kind of refreshing of the product and at some point they'll change the look and feel of it and the same with the AEW have done mm. it's just that this man comes in and he's just a pure chaos agent at this point he you know the idea of them going to last minute rewrites that's him that's him all over that's yeah. not them and the only reason unless someone was injured and they were having like who was really important within TV. I don't know. Maybe it was like Bianca Belair, for example, and they had to rewrite a load of segments. I could kind of get that because I could see her being a centerpiece of the show, but I suspect that's not the case. And having done a daily update going through the raw results, where I'm kind of slightly bemused by what was on there generally, other than Johnny Gargano gets injured. I think this is something that his motivations have always been about control. Yeah, this is all he wants. He wants control. And he has this voting power and he's used it. And he'll get himself in and the shareholders won't get rid because they'll be expecting a sale. Mm. He'll try and delay it. I mean, it's interesting. I haven't had a chance to read it because I don't subscribe to Variety, but I know Variety have got a big piece um, a couple of days ago talking about... Yeah, this going through the potential time. ones. Yeah, not, not perhaps the best time. And there's, and there's so much speculation for it. But... Mm. You know, the longer he stays, the longer, the more he comes in for, thinks he can ride this out. And I made the comparison on Friday with what Donald Trump has done. And that's someone whose brand, and we think of it in those kind of cynical terms, is becoming more and more toxic. It's more like synonymous with kind of like awful events and awful behavior. And I think the same thing will happen for Vince. And in a WWE in 2023 that wants to be sold on major networks, and have that kind of presence in in living rooms. This isn't going to fly. No. So he can well, do Stephanie this. Said that itself, like when he yeah. left initially, it was causing problems with advertising and stuff. Yeah, and it will be that way because he will want to appear on at, at WrestleMania. Like if he is there and in charge and in some way in charge of crowd, he'll be appearing. Mm. And there are enough yes people there to basically allow that to happen. So well, I, yeah. I was going to say self-defeating. 
Mm. It is. That's the thing. It's like if you really want to, you really want to sail. That's what Nick Khan's job is. Like yeah. he's the he's the fucking TV Fresh network whisperer. He's the you know conglomerate whisperer. He can you'll get that job done. Like I've I think I've maybe calmed down a bit on this theory, Rich, since like the the weekend where I was very adamant that like Vince doesn't want to sail at all. This is just a power play to get back in. I can still buy that theory in certain ways, but the more I've kind of mulled on it, I, I, maybe I, I don't even think quite that. But I do think. What Vince wants is to is to get be involved in sale talks because if he's not involved, you know whoever they sell it to will leave him out to pasture. You know, last six months he hasn't picked up any new hobbies. He's not playing golf. You know what I mean? He's not doing anything. You see, see the odd photo of him out, you know, having dinner with you know various women and John Cena and whatever. That man's been bored for the last six months. I think he wants. I think there's always you know the, the slimming down the last couple of years before Triple H brought everyone back. A sale has always been a possibility, and I think Vince is thinking if there's going to be a sale, I need to be involved because I want to sell to a company or a conglomerate who's still going to allow me to to be here, to be backstage, to even appear on TV, to be some kind of you know Terry Silken like figurehead that uh you know in ROH that type of thing. Like I get that's more where I land on the theory now of what's driving mm. this this whole thing. I'm sure he'd be happy if. A sale doesn't come, and oh well, I'm in charge again. But I think maybe that's what's working in his uh, his crazy old mind right now. Yeah, and and I think for him, there's also the option of he likes taking credit, and this has been his mo from the beginning. He likes taking credit for things that are already happening, and he's maybe put himself in front of it. Mm-hmm. And that's been the gimmicks, whether it was Terry Bollea or any of the other characters he took in the '80s. Uh, you know, finding Steve Austin and not a desperation pushing him, The Rock, and others, and now. In terms of a quarterly, and you know, Brandon Thurston does a great job over there with you guys uh, in terms of talking about this. And it hit me like a ton of bricks when he mentioned it. WrestleMania, well, Rumble into WrestleMania season is the most lucrative time mm-hmm. anyway for mm-hmm. WWE. Him coming in now only puts the credit, much like Triple H used to when he was a wrestler. Gonna say, when yeah, he would yeah. duck during football season and then magically show up around January and then all of a sudden <laughs> the ratings go up. Right He's like, I did that. <laughs> and same thing with Vince. He's going to say that people are coming back because of me. The numbers yep. are up because of me. And look how much of a straw I am to stir the drink. And so you, like you're saying, he's got two people he's competing with right now. Hmm. First is Dana White. If they do sell, he wants to sell WWE for more than UFC went to to Endeavor. And he wants to be installed like Dana White was basically in perpetuity. And then second, his buddy, as you both mentioned, Donald Trump. It wasn't lost on me as an American that this went down on January 6, 2023. Mm. Yes. And he essentially performed the coup that his uh, buddy could not. And Mm. it's always toxic to be in friendship with people who are so toxic in their masculinity because it's never an issue of trust. It's so much of how much of a unit measuring contest can you have by way of other things? Is it the bigger Mm. boat? Is it the faster car? Or in this case, can I perform an overthrow and can you not? Mm. And so... I think from his brand, he doesn't realize it's toxic because it's not yet been proven to be toxic. He's mm-hmm. going to take credit for the stock going up 23% in the last seven days, even though anyone can, a pig could have come out and said, I'm, I'm selling the company and it would have oh, shot up the same amount. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's all very, and again, just like pro wrestling, the stock market is filled with carnies and people who want to sell you a bill of goods. And so I'm with you, Benno. I think he may want to sell, but as Brandon mentioned, if, there's no seller that wants to keep him installed because he's rewritten the rules of how mm. things work now as a publicly traded company. Yeah. He doesn't have to sell. And mm. so he can wait 
or he can hold the TV deals ransom until they figure out a way to install him themselves. Or as news just came through last hour or so, you know, you have stockholders exploring the possibility of suing him to extricate him and his stocks from the company. And Mm -hmm. so I think the end game for him might be if it gets to a certain point, he may use his stocks to sell the make the company private again Mm -hmm. and then do what he wants. Because Mm -hmm. I think he's starting to learn now, like the notoriety of being a publicly traded company also comes with being a publicly traded company. You can't be the scumbag you were back when this was a mom and pop shop where your dad just loaned you a million dollars. You know, it's always this case where it's like, I did this myself. I just got a small loan for a million or two bucks. You know, Mm -hmm. I almost lost. I always love when Dave talks about Dave Meltzer talks about like he almost lost it all at WrestleMania. I was like, if I lose it all, it's like thirty thousand dollars. This dude had $2 million on the line. And if you have that sliding doors moment where he doesn't succeed, his dad keeps the company. Oh, well, boo. Woe is Vince. Back to the trailer park you go. No, he's going to stay in New York. He probably would have started selling real estate with Donald Trump. It would have been an oligarch in his own way. Like there is no downside for this guy. No. Well, bodybuilding federation starts earlier. Maybe that's the play, JP. He'd have come up with something else, wouldn't he? Oh, he absolutely would have. And I think, you know, it, it's it's always kind of, I, I hate those figures. I mean, you're mentioning Trump here as well. The idea, like the man effectively, if he had just taken the money that his father had given him and he'd just gone up in inflation, that's like he would have had exactly the same wealth he basically has today. There's no kind of proving for this. And the idea yeah. of the Vince McMahon story has always been, what your dad, the famous wrestling promoter who happened to have like kind of the New York territory, like, without trying to sound funny, I mean, my dad wasn't a wrestling promoter for the uh, North London Territory or anything That's like that. I didn't have that going in there. So, like, you're probably saying that everyone else is starting from a from a smaller base. It's it, it's the idea that I mean, I, I'm, and I think you know, for all of the things and all of the reasons, I think one of the things that we really get away from it is his annoyance here. And Rich talks about him taking it private. Is that he got caught? There's no. He didn't think he did anything wrong. That's yeah. That's, that's what Pollock said. There's, there's no apology. There's no, you know, no hands up. No, not even really a denial. <laughs> not even like you know nothing. It's just let's carry on. It's it is like you both said. It's the Trump playbook. Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Carry on. Now that works when you have. I don't think the amount of Vince acolytes, even as a fan base, is going to really sustain it in the same way that Trump has managed to kind of fleece his fan base for as long as he's managed to do. And I don't think Vince kind of has that. And he doesn't have the kind of same level protection of what Trump has. Because I think everyone else who tries that act after Trump ends up just going, oh, this is just a clone of what he's trying to do. And I think him coming in, it's the advertisers, it's the sponsors, it's the people who they've worked so fucking hard to cultivate over a 20-year period to the point where they are where they are with this kind of level of IP and a net worth of what would it sell for? Six, six billion? Is it like approximately mm-hmm. that? UFC fault sold for four, so they're gonna they're gonna manage to do that. Like, there's no, it's it's just that this is gonna happen, mm-hmm. and I personally think he's just gonna end up getting away with it. I bet the dog needs a piss. Sorry. <laughs> on, that, on that note, I was about to say, is that a, is that a slang term I missed? Like. <laughs> Tony Khan's in the back. That's what it is. Um, no, Rich. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, like, to, to that point, though, like, is that, you know, it, it's easy to speculate. Basically, I think the answer is anyone with a lot of money. But are there obvious, like, 
suitors like for a sale like is the is it realistic to 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 list off like you know these big conglomerates like the saudi government's everyone's favorite conspiracy theory isn't it but you know i think as wild as that is i can't see that happening i can't see them outright buying um the wwe but you know anything's really possible yeah i i think the first one that came to my mind was one as always uh vince might be a year off because he either should have done it last year or maybe next year. This is a time right now where a lot of rights, you're looking like TV rights and, and companies that are streaming or cutting shows left, right, and center. Uh, you're looking at what's going on with it, Warner Brothers Discovery and how that's fallen over themselves. I think Disney's out because they're being in bed right now. What Endeavor has already led to uh, pushback. I've seen that on Twitter and in several journals where people were talking about the fact that the mouse is like, actively preventing their reporters who cover UFC not mm. to talk about the CEO of a company abusing his wife in 4K mm. and just letting it blow over because they've got so much money riding on it that if it yeah. gets negative notoriety, they're 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 in as much trouble as he is. It's economic mutually assured destruction. Same thing with, uh, I want to say it's TBS or TNT, whoever's doing the slap fighting league with and yeah. they're just like we're going to delay the slap, night, slap fighting has been sullied. I can't believe that. To yeah. be honest, I mean, I, not we since were, we my, my dear mother. Like, I mean, what's the even point? You put an asterisk <laughs> up. Like, what do we do with it anymore? Like, and they're going to just after all of that, they're just delaying it a week. So mm. you're saying a week is worth his wife getting slapped in the face in Vegas? Like, what the heck? Um, yeah. It's just absolutely shameful. And I think with Vince McMahon, Paramount isn't going to want it. Uh, Disney probably won't. Fox and Universal could put money in, and sure, they would need it because they already put money in. But two hundred million, two billion is a lot different than eight. And I don't know, especially if uh, Comcast Universal is already in the hole, and they're projecting to twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, when they might be a little less uh, problematic in terms of profits. Why would they want to take on this? Same thing yeah. with the Netflix. They're already dumping money into the movies. They're looking for the prestige programming. This isn't that. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a person who watches copious amounts of wrestling, I know where it's at. Um, I even look at, you know, if they were, they're not hard up on money, but if they really wanted to do something, they could try to undercut Khan and try to get in bed with Warner Discovery. But that's not going to be a win for him because he likes the network TV that Fox brings because it makes it seem, again, more legit, more mainstream. And all of this, Going back to the very beginning, this would be so much better if he was just okay being a wrestling promoter, but he's never mm. been. Mm. Yeah, no. This is an absolute failing, isn't it? Um, at that mm -hmm. point, is he can't think of himself um, at that stage. It's. I don't know if you've just been going through. Sorry, I'm back now. The dog's in. Dog's happy. So, um, <laughs> it, 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 if you were you going through the potential bidders, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah just so, saying. Yeah. The only one I didn't touch was Saudi Arabia because I think, much like Benno mentioned, it's <laughs> it's a little too fast, too soon. Like we're seeing what's going on right mm -hmm. now with like Newcastle and the Premier League. Yeah. They're building. And I was golf. listening to. Yeah, when you're building a British team, mm. like they're the sports washing Hall of Famers because it's not like they're buying all these foreign players. They're building a very British team, so you can't complain. Like the Chinese foreigners in, they got an English manager, British players. They're playing hoof it up. You know, they turned into freaking Stoke FC again. I'm, I'm not gonna get into <laughs> yeah, it. They did, but they they really like. I, I was gonna look over there. It's like, is that Eddie Howe or Big Sam? Like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> really, they get Saudi Arabia behind the, the ball. Same. 
yeah. it's like two buses. It's like, and so between the Qataris, the Saudis, us, anywhere in the Middle East, uh, I think this isn't the time to do that because sports is a lot different than television. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, there will be a lot more of a pushback. Like you see that with Live right now with the golfing. Yeah. There isn't a Live channel yet, and there isn't going to be people who are going to be willing from a network's perspective yet. To kind of extend that olive branch and say, hell, let me help you uh, become more accepted in my uh, home region here in the United States. And so for Vince, I think the best way for them to sell it is for him to either back away or for them to just go with whatever. If uh, if my brain stopped working, if Comcast had an offer and it was decent, I'd take that. Because at least you know it's going to be on Peacock. You're going to make some money. Maybe they they offer let's put you on NBC. Um, hopefully not after one of the Law and Orders because that would be way too on the nose. Um, <laughs> and that's yeah, where I would HBO see get it. it. Put it on after Succession. Maybe that could be the move. No, I, oh, I, 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 it's one of them. Like the two fantasy booking ones are Saudi and oh maybe the Khan family. The Khan family aren't going to spend money on another no. wrestling company. They've got the money. Don't get me wrong, but that's not happening. Like I was, my point was going to be JP. I think the obvious route is that it's like an NBC. It's a, you know, if you're paying for the rights for Raw anyway, yeah. Like uh, depending on how many more multiples of the yearly Raw for your cost, which is in the six hundred million odd range. So we're talking a lot of money. But if you can make that work out over a ten year period, and you add on, yes, you're adding the headaches of running a wrestling company, but you're also adding in the profits of running said wrestling company mm. as well as getting, you know, I know most of the profits do come through TE rights, but there are other, other avenues. Plus you can, you know, like I say, make that saving of having to, to bid for the rights every year. I just think that's the only way this goes. Like, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's me as a layman looking at, you know, American business. I'm sure, you know, there's uh, there's other possibilities, but that's the way it feels like it would be to me. It's they might the, pro- like the problem is, is it's just a very destabilized market. And I'm sure we're going to see this with AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery, who are embedded in the fabric of that company's existence. I mean, they are a minority shareholder within Mm. them as well. Whether or not AEW would have something that would say that they wouldn't be allowed to sign a competitor or something along those lines would be kind of interesting. Like, they could have another wrestling. And it sounds very weird for that to be the case, but it's what WWE made um, Time Warner sign back in the day. They couldn't do wrestling for a certain period of time. Mm. Um, It's... I would say, like, I mean, the Comcast one is the one that makes sense. It's just that there's so much about the entire street. Like, Warner Brothers Discovery is a basket case. Yep. Like, at the moment. Netflix feels like a ba- feels like a basket case. I think you're talking Amazon. If I was going to hazard a bet, just because there's so many other areas, like the merchandising stuff, mm-hmm. where you'd have the, the might of Amazon behind you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it would all be on Amazon Prime. But, mm. you know, let's face it, it, you know, it does reasonably well. And it's done well for them from a sporting perspective anyway. I know that, is think- it in the States? Red Zone is on Amazon Prime, if I remember mm-hmm. rightly. It's not over here. It's on Sky. Um, yeah, we got a free to wear. Well, not free to wear, but free on Sky Sports. Free on Sky Sports. Well, it's- to that point, yeah. JP, just before I forget, like that's the the counter to that point everyone will make is, well, you don't want to put it all behind the paywall. You want to make new fans. I mean, does WWE still make new fans? Like, you know, that's is it. that not what Raw is anyway? It's the same amount of people just shrinking. I mean, this might accelerate it if you take it off TV and mm. put it behind the paywall somewhere. But if there was yeah. ever a sport that was a candidate for that. Is it not wrestling, like you know, with the way things yeah. have kind of gone over the last twenty years, at least on the WWE end? 
And then to your point, JP, there's two things. One, we have uh, the red zone in a couple of spots. Like for me, I have Comcast. That's a sporting package I buy. Amazon has that as well. But Amazon also has bought into Thursday night football. So they already put in. I want I'm trying to I was trying to look up the numbers. Uh, because that it was not a minor outlay in terms of how much they put in. Uh, 2022 billion a year. So yeah, that is already pulling in money. And I think mm. for you, they have 200. Yeah. Last month, they Bezos said they've surpassed 200 million global prime subscribers. Prime membership costs eight ninety nine a month by itself. But if you just get prime for everything it does, twelve ninety nine. I'm not right. trying to sell it. I'm just trying to give folks numbers to work with. Please don't. Yeah. If you want to buy it from elsewhere, do so. I'm fine with that. Uh, but that's oh, yeah, it's an eleven year. It's an eleven billion dollar deal. It's a billion a year for eleven years. And so if they invested in WWE, to Benno's point, I think the thing they would be doing is accessing the analytics and the preferences of those people who would sign up. And if that was worth it to them, I think they would pay the eight because that would then give them another customer base if they don't already have them captured that they can bilk for other services on their, their, their app and their and, products. And if you've learned one thing about wrestling fans in terms of like, kind of like they'll pay, like it's that idea that the old advertisers never had that wrestling fans didn't have money. That's why you never saw prestige advertisers, ABC one stuff. Now it's like, no, they spend and they'll spend big on wrestling. Like this will be the, they'll, you know, this will be the major entertainment outlay that they'll, that they'll, they'll take part in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the one that I thought, but then I thought they were going to buy Tottenham Hotspur not that long ago. That was something <laughs> that was kind of touted uh, a, a while ago there. Hope Things are coming good. together, aren't they? Wasn't Vince was always or Shane was always rumored to be buying Newcastle, so maybe yeah. there's a, a connection. How long is that rumor persisted? That and WWE yeah. Europe, led by Shane McMahon, are the two uh, big Shane ventures. Oh, and an MMA group. That was the other thing he wants to do. Maybe he'll buy Slap Fighting. Maybe it'll all be a uh, one big. Well, show. that's how we got Raw Underground. Without that, we wouldn't have been treated to the oh, greatness yeah. that is Amos. Oh, same before JP Millman slap pipe was a pure sport. Remember when we, we, oh, we supported in its good days in the oh, good old days, old school, when, it, when um, it was being held in yeah. a barn in Poland by the looks mm. of things, and it had <laughs> some problematic stuff which we won't go into now on there as well. That and is then, actually true, yeah. Absolute <laughs> con man, and it was just it was justice that the um dumpling never won. The yeah. absolute con, he tucked his head in. So, like, you were slapping the top of his shoulder. He was clearly doing that Cheat. as well. It was bollocks. Like, I was <laughs> legit angry when I saw that. And I'd had a few drinks. But it did feel like, by the end, that natural justice was served. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say, on that note, I mean, John Pollock did, uh, you know, we make the succession jokes because mm-hmm. it is, it's eerily, you know, close to succession. You know, you look at, you know, when you were saying earlier um, with it, Rich, like the, uh, you look at, even when you only get like the nameless faces backstage, like the, the Frank Riddicks, who I've got no idea what he looks like, but I just picture the, the character Frank from Succession. Yeah. Who's like just this hapless loser who's like, it's his, if things go wrong, it's his fault and he gets sacked, but he'll eventually come back at the end. You know, it's just, there is, there's so many comparisons. You can't help but make, the, make those comparisons. But as, as our, you know, mutual friend John Bollock said, there is a real sinister part of the story behind it, isn't it? Those comparisons to, you know, it's rich men getting away with what they want. Behind yeah. it all, there's Vince McMahon with, you know, we're talking 
multiple allegations now even if you're one of those people who's like ah you know people you know women lie or people lie or whatever people are just after them as money it's like this many people in this many situations with this many similarities you know you bring up the the couple of tan and salon type places these types of things happened in it's like trump and it's like dana white there's probably going to be no consequences for dana white either like rich men you know what is the, the you know the cancel culture with them does it even really exist this next period is going to be a real test of that yeah and you think about it and when people you know if you haven't seen succession it always stuck out to me like you were mentioning the sinister nature events i think Mm -hmm. in our effort to enjoy the entertainment Mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues of succession is what vince is facing now what messed up roy wasn't the trades it wasn't it was the cruise scandal where people were getting paid for play, people were alleged sexual assaults by people who were above them as leaders, and the company wiping it under the rug. The biggest difference here is we have the company saying, well, not only did we not know it, but now that we did know it, we're investigating it, and we're hoping to get it out. Like One of the other things we didn't talk about when it became to the uh, three members of the board, one of the members who left, in addition to the people who were forced to resign, was the person who ran these investigations. Now, people haven't said put two and two together as to whether Vince forced that person out or that person left in disgust of, you know, this is Chinatown, Jake, like nothing's ever going to change. They'll know where the bodies are buried, you know, right or wrong. You know, they'll know there might be a a version of the, it's like anything. It's like, again, like the Trump investigation, there's a version of the report that you have to write up professionally and put out publicly for everybody involved in that investigation. If you ask them off the record, they'd be like, yeah, Trump was guilty. And we just couldn't say it in as many words. Like, that person had you couldn't have stayed it's like nick khan i honestly look at nick khan mm-hmm. and can you stay based on you know what your job is supposed to be and what vince is posting his way back in but yeah to your point that person there's there was no way they could have stayed well, the, and there should be some reputational damage yeah like at the very least as a result of this because like mm-hmm. you're breaking it down like this is someone who's gotten away like you mentioned before like so many other rich men in the past gotten away with like horrible um sexual uh, sexual offences mm. and has done this historically over a long period of time and he's 77 so he's not going to change mm. like this isn't someone who's going to be capable of growth and learning this six months has just been feeling like weighing out and like I say I think it's going to get it, 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 this is where we probably get into like the talent dynamics I know that's something that we haven't kind of brought up I mean in some cases I won't lie it's outright funny if you're talking about William Regal for example like, you know, we get attacked you... first, Regal or his son. That's <laughs> it. And I, that night on Twitter, I'm going to mute my notifications. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you should do for that, for that one. But it's a fascinating dynamic. I know one of the things it was reported, I think, through Mike Johnson, uh, PW Insider, is that there's a lot of people who aren't happy. Yeah, like they're really like they're not happy. Talent was happier because it was being run in a more organised way, which is the kind of anomaly in all of this. You think Wall Street would want a solid, stable option? But Vince is the chaos agent. Vince is the person who will rip up the script and ruin any kind of advanced planning. So there isn't, like, you, you can't rely on him, like, no. to kind of run this in a normal way. And he's not getting saner. He's not suddenly going to click in at 78 and go, hang on, steady on, I need to slow this product down. That's not <laughs> happening. No, It's just that, like, you know, it's like you said, he, he hasn't changed. He hasn't learned anything. He doesn't think he's done anything wrong. Trust me, he will resent coming back in. And I'm sure when he comes back, there'll be some snide. He'll be treating it like he's defeated the government as soon as he appears <laughs> on TV again. 
That's what the whole thing will be. And they'll be talking about it in these terms. But in 2023, I just don't think this shit flies. And if you're part of a company where, like, it, there is a bit of a tarnish to it, I'm not saying that they'll all go for an AW, but if you're, like, looking at it from a, like, kind of cost-benefit, like, kind of analysis of, like, kind of, if you're going to buy the rights for the league, for example, and that's, you know... Uh, all the rest of it you're gonna do you want to get in bed with a company that's gonna have like a ton of controversy i know the nfl has its fair amount of controversy but the ratings are absolute behemoths wwe can't afford that Mm. well wrestling honestly can't from a brand standpoint like we talked about earlier the number but when you look across AEW and wwe you have about 3.1 3.2 million people watching any given week that's Mm -hmm. it and if we want it to be back to those days at WCW where you're looking at like probably seven to 11 million and some of those people felt that's not happening because AEW is quite happy with the group that they have. They want it to be a large enough tent that people feel welcome, but not not large enough that it's become like scumbag central. And I, I respect that. But with yeah. WWE, the brand loyalty for 35, 45 years is there such that people when he comes out and he does his billionaire strut and no chance in hell comes out. We're what we're talking about will not matter to whomever's in that arena. Yeah. They're gonna sing along with them, they're gonna chant it, and they're just gonna be happy for the ride. That last one oh, when man. he came out and he tripped and stumbled and fell, and he's like, ha ah! like that was like you mentioned earlier, Benno, the worst way he possibly could have gone out. And I think it's stuck in his head. Nothing yeah. embarrasses him more than having old people on TV, and nothing embarrasses him more than that when he's the old person. He's the old guy. Yeah, it's like the the rumble where yeah, when he came out and blew both his quads, you know, it's like yeah, and it's that's the thing. It's like I think you know the the, the I suppose the the last album we haven't even looked at really is it is that it's the it's those it's the TV product itself. It's those you know you talk about those loyal WWE fans. Like I think even a lot of them got turned. Like I, I don't I won't talk for you too much, Rich, but I don't think you know for us as much as we joked about it on here as well, JP. Like I do think WWE got slightly better. Like I was at least for the first while out of curiosity. You know, it was a new story. It's like when Cody landed there, I wanted to see what WWE was going to look like for the while, and there's been Smackdowns I've enjoyed. Um, I think the Roman story's been told really well without you know Vince getting in the way of that. You wonder you know how well that story would be told. There's been a lot of more and stuff. You know, those three hour rows haven't got any more watchable. Um, so it's not like there's a, there's a wholesale improvement, but maybe it's not us, Rich. But you talk to you know, dad in the world of the fans. I think to a man, they all think things have been better over the last six months. And like, if this does go the way we all expect, and all of Vince's talk about no, no, I trust Stephanie, I trust Triple H to continue doing the jobs, does turn out to be false, like we expected to, because he's not going to be able to help himself getting involved. I wonder how those fans react because it has. It's felt like, you know, uh, our good friend Sue Williams wrote a, a great article on, on Voices of Wrestling about how, you know, the the um, the, the Vince McMahon factor that benefited AEW is now back. You know, the the, the goodwill that uh, the Triple H had over the last six months almost didn't make Triple AEW the heels in a lot of fans' eyes, but it made WWE a lot, lot more palatable. That element is gone, and I wonder how many of those fans who saw how even slightly things can be better under Triple H will react to, you know, maybe things going back to the same old, same old here, Rich. Yeah, because Triple H allowed in the last three weeks alone uh, Shinsuke Nakamura to wrestle for Noah, unfortunately, with another old man who wanted to say things he really shouldn't have. Uh, Man. Man, why would you have to I be so stupid, KG? Kid, I'm gutted. 
I'm absolutely gutted. I, I told Wade when it happened, JP, it was worse to me than Hogan because I at least loved Muda. Mm-hmm. Like, Hogan, I was nonplussed by. At the end of the day, it's like, it, okay, Thunder in Paradise was like your 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 watermark for me, buddy, because Night Boat was awesome. Um, <laughs> but with Muda, it's like that sucks. Uh, you, you look at guy. oh man, when when I saw Undertaker. Like any more than anything, that's what killed the kayfabe. It was like, you're a dead man, Ramsey. No wonder yeah. those guys don't talk. And it's like, <laughs> you let yourself. Uh, yeah. And and of course, his brother Brutai is the other guy. Like, yes. that dude stayed paid. I got it. I understood it. <laughs> Be in the entourage. Like, I get it. Um, even when Will jokes that we're like ancillary members of the Benoverse, it's like, I'm hanging on to the coattails as long as I can, brother. That's going to keep it moving. You're in. Uh, when you look at New Japan, he had Carl Anderson there. And for me, I had written about this a couple of months ago. Being in New Japan, as uh, you know, uh, I mentioned on the show Cheers, uh, Woody Harrelson's character had his wife, and she had a French friend who would always flirt with her in front of Woody. And then after she would leave, he's like, I'm going to steal your wife. That's mm-hmm. basically what Vince would never do. He would never have the self-control to do what Triple H is doing, like the long game of insidiously inserting himself into New Japan, mm-hmm. boxing out AEW, and then kind of being the only show for North American talent to go there and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Instead, Vince would try to do what he did before. Go in there, heavy-handed, try to be, oh, didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but let us know if you do need to run, Rich, at any point. So you're on your lunch break. That was the message to my uh, my office's message to me, like, hey, you got to... You're, you're, are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's like almost like a gremlin. Let's like just put the little thing or a, peacock, a little bird, just throw the little cover over the net. I'm just shut down. Or Superman <laughs> 4 when Nuclear Man got put down. He's like, anyway, oh, everyone's getting the full rich fan experience now. Uh, I, I think Vince, he will always be heavy handed. And more than all of that, Triple H also got a chance to showcase people who Vince, and I'll just be blunt, Vince never saw anything more than their ethnicity as a gimmick. Mm. There would not be a world in which Asuka, Io Shirai would be able to be portrayed the way they are now with Vince McMahon. There wouldn't be a way for, at times, when you look at uh, Ruby Soho and AEW, Mm. the version of Bailey we see now, um, I mean, we saw it because they released some of these women. Uh, what would he think of Johnny Gagano? You, you you joked earlier about whether the knee injury was legit or not. If that's Vince McMahon, what is this little shrimp doing on my television? Like, why are we wasting time? Why, what, where's R-Truth? Where's the 24-7 yeah. title? Like, who's I, I, those things bother me. <laughs> like, why is Bobby Lashley not pointing to his butt? And, and like, w- w- where are these things that are, like, the lowest yeah. common denominator? I called them, you know, when Vince McMahon take someone whether it's or you know in the case of the uh the euro rest wrestlers mm. we got a scotsman a scotswoman an irishman an irish woman like this is too much this is too many accidents at once like yeah. next you're gonna tell me we're gonna bring somebody from brixton what the heck like yeah. just <laughs> get all of it out there is like you know seamus has to be talking about his dear da and the mm. shillelagh and all this be a seamus has to be fighting with you know I was hoping Pete Dunn would become Pete Dunn again instead of, you know, uh, uh, what's his name now? He's a bit more Pete, but he's still there. That hasn't happened yet, has it? He's still right. And Butch is like, he named him that because he remembered our gang. And that was something that he loved when he was a kid. 
And, you know, or, or Dave a couple of years ago, and he was like, you know, the guy, these are young bucks. And he's like, yeah, t- Vince is talking about yeah, the young bucks. It's like, no, he's an old dude. That's what old people used to say about mm. young people. You're a young buck. Like, <laughs> like he's actually turning it on his head because he's returning back to the whole reason the name's there. It's not like mm. he said, generation me, 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 and then like winked at the camera or, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to the Motor City. I can buy a machine gun. Pow. Like that's not Vince McMahon. He's not watching no. anything else. No. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't have any frame of influence other than himself from the 1980s. Like that's he's been to cinema while he's out, JP. Think he's been no. to CNN. Think he's God, ever, no. everywhere all at once. Or no, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't even, I, to be honest, I just don't think. I think he would do. He would do workout, look at stocks, and then strictly raw SmackDown, and he'd be seething the entire time. Like mm. that would be. That'd be kind of how it is, and then fit in a cheeky burrito slash yeah. bake sandwich. Um, like that's that's kind of what he he would end up doing. I mean, it's it's funny. I I kind of go back now thinking about like kind of a lot of the talent and what they're going to have to have. But I mean, the level of trust they have, because the thing was they weren't at a point where people could do what Mox did, which is just say the kind of unvarnished truth about the mess of creative and trying to deal with Vince. And no one being able to kind of really tell him the truth. So it means you kind of suffer. And I think that's the stage where a lot of the younger talent thought, oh, God, no, we he's going to do what he's always kind of done, which is, mm. you know, trust me, if the Mania main event was changed to Roman versus Brock at this point, that's kind of what I'm bloody partway expecting to be honest with you. But it's going to be massively disappointing. I think it's going to change around a lot of stuff about how people feel, uh, you know, in, employees. Like if you're FTR, you're between a rock and a hard place. You left on, like I'm saying, didn't leave on good terms, that you weren't feeling good about the company. And the person who is directly responsible for that is there. And all of those same people are going to come back. I'm not being funny. Ex- expect Laurinaitis to come back. Don't think mm-hmm. that's off the table. They won't, it will be, you know, he might view him as a kind of handy fall guy, but he'll also go, well, you know, he likes him. And then, you know, and I think, yeah, just if you're a talent and you in this weird period of which companies do you negotiate, where do you go with it? Who are you negotiating with? Anything Triple H offers at this point in time, are you going to believe it? Because this guy can come in in a moment's notice and just take over. And there's nothing that anybody's going to be able to do about it. So the look if, you're F- if you're FCR bald with your dopey little podcast, then you're, you're all of those guys. You know, you're Andrade causing trouble, as you always say, JP, back, yeah, backstage yeah. at AW. Ah, be careful what you wish for, because like if a company, as I said, the company is about to be sold, what that company does is it slims down, it cuts costs. Yeah. You know what the biggest cost is? The wrestlers. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, Carl Anderson should have, you know, if he's still in Japan now, stay, mate. Just just hang I, around. Just stay in Rocky's spare bedroom. You'll you'll need it soon. Like, you know. It's like... But it's not like a football <laughs> club trimming down, where yeah. quite often the yeah. wages will be like 60 to 80% of the team, and that's how they end up going mm. bust. That's true. It's about 15%. It's like mm. a very, very, mm-hmm. it's like UFC. It's a very, very low figure because they, they underpay them for what they get back in return. And obviously with these TV deals, as a point I remember John Pollock bring up before, what these wrestlers get as part of that is nothing. Like, it isn't something like, you know, it's not about what the getting a percentage of the house and stuff like that and pay-per-view bonuses. That doesn't exist in this market. They are completely expendable. 
I'll tell you I what. I mean, think about Sami Zayn and the Bloodline. H. That is dead in the fucking water, sadly. And people Sami Zayn will just be in the stable forever. He'll never do the turn under Vince. He'll just be oh, he's, he's hilarious as the lackey. Just mm-hmm. keep him like that until we sack him in two years. Like that's that's yeah. that's the one, Rich. One of the things I really liked back when he did them was the art of wrestling with Colt Cabana. And Colt's episode with Sammy was very illuminating because he talked about his run, and this is before he became even a heel, and how much Vince hated him. And not in a like personal way, but he would come backstage and he's like, yeah, I think about making you a heel because every time you come down there and dance, I hate your guts. I, I think it's just and just like with New Day and thinking they should be ministers and all this other. He fundamentally did not get a lot of the people he employed. And so, yeah, I think I think he would still be in the, 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 the bloodline. He'd just be the jester. The, he would become a new R-Truth. And the trade-off for him is you will pay me really well to do that, and I will provide water to Syria and do that, would do far better with that money what you would ever do. Like for every Sami Zayn contract, you probably have 10 uh, uh, NDAs Vince had to sign. Mm-hmm. And so that is money well spent. Uh, you look at uh, – I always think of AJ Styles. You have AJ Styles who you never saw on television. You had him at tryouts, didn't want him. One of the best wrestlers in the world. And your gimmick for him – is that he's a bulldog. And on top of that, the only reason you liked him enough that then he became a main eventer was he did well with made Roman look good. And I'm like, mm. well, of course he's AJ Styles. He'll make a broom look good. But you see it is like, oh, I didn't know he could wrestle like that. Or what are we doing? Like, mm. if you're going to steal, steal from the people you know. If you're going to go, like you look at AEW and you think as they're being founded, I'll just offer... 18 month deals to the Bucks, Kenny Omega and Cody mm-hmm. and have an option at the end of the 18 month. They're not stupid. Mm-hmm. They know what you're trying to do with well, it. Then the, 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 the scales are off their eyes and they're not falling for the OG oh, whiz. The great Vince McMahon thinks he could make something out of me. And, mm-hmm. and I think this is where we get, it gets very, very interesting because you're talking about deals there with Omega and the Bucks. And there's been kind of rumors when their deals are up punk, for example, I think punk coming back into training, being very open about like being in some form of training, this stuff happening. Because if you think if there's one thing that could happen, Triple H, I'm sure, would be able to accommodate him. Whatever snarky jibes, he'd be like, look, I'm still the guy who's in control. And yeah, we can offer him a main event at Mania. Vince would be spiteful. Vince would remember times he held him up. And he would have <laughs> no quandary of that. And I think there goes that leverage. That. There goes that leverage. <laughs> Yeah, mm. that that goes. And mm. if you're the Bucks, you're thinking, well, tag team wrestling isn't going to get pushed. I mean, if you're FTR, mm. you're thinking that's not going to happen. And say all of these things, like, well, Vince isn't oh, isn't taking over creative. It's it's going to be happening. I cannot see a world where that doesn't happen. Why? Because it's his company. In his yeah. mind, this is his company. He owns most of it. Therefore, he gets to choose, and he gets to choose what's on. It's been an audience of one for 20-odd years. And a lot of us have been banging our head against a brick wall as this has happened. And I just embraced any competition as like, thank God, because it's not them. And this yeah. is just like a kind of like, I was looking at WWE and it's in a weird way when we would do reviews of pay-per-views, you're like, actually, I'm expecting this to be quite fun because they know he knows how to do this, but also delivering a couple of good matches in there as well. Have some mm-hmm. general kind of easy crowd pleasing stuff. Yeah, the Triple H shows have been good pay-per-viewers. Yeah, they have. I've no interest in watching the TV, but like <laughs> it, it's you know for for what it is, it works. 
that's all going to go out the window. We're going to end mm. up with like weird, bizarro world finishes. It's going to be, you know, what? I don't know. Roman versus bloody, mm. um, what do you call him? Um, mm. Not Brock. I'm trying to think mm. of Goldberg. Mm. Right. They'll do. That's what he's more likely to go to than Sami Zayn. Yeah. You know, that's where he's yeah. at. You'll pull the Goldberg emergency, yeah. Emergency yeah. record. I'm glad. I was going to say, uh, Rich. Obviously, yeah, we've uh, we've kept you. This has turned into a mini deep dive on it. On Vince McMahon, <laughs> I've, uh, I've enjoyed this, but you know, we know you've got to uh, get to back to work. I mean, any other thoughts on on, on Vince or uh, or anything else uh, before we, uh, we we do let you go? I think to answer your question to begin with, in terms of who do you, I'd say you go with both, and you go back to the old Jericho and some of those carny rules of back in the day. Sign if you're going to sign for WWE, sign for the most amount of money and turn your brain off for the duration of your contract mm -hmm. and just accept it. If you're going to sign with AEW, know that there will be shinier toys in the next six months after you sign and you may be paid to sit at home or wrestle Wardlow on dark elevation, elevation, elevation plus at some point <laughs> in the time you're in there. And if you're okay with that, great. Or deal with the fact that everyone is okay and happy with each other. And that's the thing with AEW. It's not, it's just a workplace like everybody else. Every, you know, I've worked in higher education for 15, 16 years and I love working with students, but not every day is going to be a rose garden. And I accept that. The thing that always fundamentally bothers me with some of the AEW discourse is folks want to ignore the fact that Kenny and the, well, I'll say the Bucks by themselves, but then when you add Kenny to it, they become even more passive aggressive and passive aggressive is not a way I want to ever work anywhere because if you see FTR, they're direct. Like I, when we were um, in, that was forbidden door, right? In Chicago where I saw you guys. And then in Jersey again, the, the biggest question was, what are these guys like when, when they're talking their, their answer is we deal with Tony directly. It's like, how come, what has gotten to the point, like no one ever, had, like that's a question I, I, like how did it get to the point where you guys are talking to the owner directly about tag team booking and only that person, what precipitated that? And it's clear for everyone to see, you know, it's like, well, you know, the young bucks, it's not like they don't like them. It's just that they happen not to be around when they were having their best run and they, they couldn't lose to them. Yeah, it's just, it happens. It's, yeah, okay. If you believe that, or you look at Kenny, and I told this to um, fellow uh, postmate. Oh, I guess fellow post member. He's not a postmate. I don't. I don't know the nomenclature for the region. Forgive me, y'all. Postmark, maybe. <laughs> oh, well, WH, WH, and yeah. I were talking about how Weibo yeah. Kenny in New Japan is ten million times cooler and more accessible than AEW Kenny, where he just points 100%. and stands between the bucks. Mm. That's 100%, yeah, and that's it. It's, we got some pushback last week for saying that. It was like, oh, well, you know, he, he, it's not like New Japan are telling him what to do either, but for whatever reason, he's got enough respect that he's on his best behavior when he's in New Japan, when it's a big show, um, whereas in AEW. Like, that's a whole other deep dive we'll, we'll have to do at some point. Like, I, I honestly want to know the answer. I, I literally tweeted Dave Meltzer last week, what are the young books' jobs? Like, what do they do? Like, why are they exactly... I know it's a... It, really, They're it's people a persons. To keep them happy, but yeah, like, they like half book the tag division maybe still but we don't believe they do anymore so what yeah. was just politics to get their own way? five years ago yeah what is what is the actual job description of being aw at this point other than to be passive aggressive backstage i don't know um well maybe we'll do a full investigation on that you can get a uh, you can get weighed on it we'll uh we'll talk to dave we'll maybe find find out the scoop on uh, on that one what's actually happening there but no it's a it's been a, it's been great having you rich obviously i know you're you, you made us some time on your uh 
on your lunch break here. You're obviously uh, you're the man over at PW Torch right now. I was going to throw you to plugs, but I know you've got you've got a lot over there. I've got to say personally, I've loved you know your accession to kind of you know doing the the, the show with Wade, uh, everything, and kind of taking over the uh, the feed there. I've been loving everything you're doing there. So yeah, long may that continue. And yeah, do you want to let us know where we can find more, where we can get more rich fan, uh, even if it comes with a a bit of a, a Will Cooling. Uh, I was going to say chaser, but Will wouldn't be the chaser. That's an idea. Would he be the? No, I'm the chaser. The I'm the side. I'm the vermouth. He's 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 whatever he's going to be putting in there with it. Uh, but and Eddie, I want to highlight Eddie because yes, the Hashi agenda. My God, I listen when the buck when when FTR. The one time in my life I had to root for Bishamon was an FTR said that they carried the New Japan Tag Team Division. I was like, I can't stand Yoshihashi, but I won't let that sort of slander stand. Those men, I like Bishamon. just oh just. But yeah, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's average underscore fan, F-A-N-N. My show's on the torch. I do the deep dive with Will. Usually it's, it, we've found a groove, especially with work. It's like every four weeks, every six weeks. And then depending on Will's excitement level, we might do a back-to-back like we did this month. Um, I also do everything with Wade and Rich, or Rich and Wade, I guess. And that's kind of one of our uh, premier VIP shows I'm really proud of. Like Benno said, like coming from a contributor to now, like doing one of the keynote uh, VIP shows. And then of course the place I started the East coast cast with Travis Bryant and formerly Cam Hawkins, but Cam is now flown away like the free bird he is. <laughs> and like so we deal. Job, so that was always coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was happening. It was, and, and really it was more or less like Cam so creative and Travis by his own admission is so like, I just want to sit down and talk wrestling. I don't want to like do graphics or mm-hmm. like we had, you know, done all these things like using a uh, stream yard. And he's like, ah, this is a little much for me. I didn't want to hit record and go from there. It's like, it's fine. Cam is like, he yeah. has become his own shooting star with the ringer and all this other stuff. And that's really fun to see him grow and I'm do that. Than everyone's Twitter timelines with, uh, with Q and A's all the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Between that and the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the triple H and his uh, doppelganger discussion. Which, oh, yeah. uh, for those of you, if you know, you know. But I don't. I don't want to add to that because I know it was tra- trending a couple of days ago. I was like, I don't want to bring that back. I don't. I really don't. But yeah. So follow me on any of those, or more importantly, when I pop over here or have myself and JP, which hopefully, yes, my goal is while I'm over there to have you and uh, my man James on at the same time to do. Yep. A Euro deep dive special because James McNicholas, for those of you who don't know, is not only a super reporter for the athletic for Arsenal, but is a huge pro wrestling fan. And so he will just talk your head off with all the stuff. he Like when he was here for the Arsenal American tour, he was like, oh, I wish I could have stayed for the AEW because it was like a day apart from one of the shows. And he's just mad for me. He was on football focus not that long ago when we had like an early kickoff. And I said, Gunner blog between Gunner blog and Ars blog. They're like the, in the top. Definitely. The... That's that. Yeah, definitely. Ask Bug sounds like something else, but I'm not going to get into it. Anyway. Hey. <laughs> Easy. Easy. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, the Everton one's toffee web, so I can't talk. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's been amazing. We could, uh, I mean, it would have gone another twelve hours, Rich. We could have carried on going. We could have, we could do a full deep dive on it on AEW. We'll do that next time. Bit of New Japan. Man. We'll do it. Uh, do it all in full. Sounds like a plan, guys. Always a pleasure. Rich, you're a superstar, mate. Appreciate it, mate. See you soon. Uh, Rich fan, everyone. What a guy. Glorious.
Honest to God, we uh, yeah, I, I, the amount of rich, rich audio I listen to on the torch is like, yeah, he's a he's the guy right now, um, as far as uh, the stuff over there goes. And yeah, we could uh, I think that succession chat could have probably gone about three hours there, JP. I think we could have easily done that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even get into anywhere near the amount of just like off topic bullshit I would have done, but he's mm. he, he he does great work, the torch do great work, there's mm. some great audio on there, and like mm. Rich is a really big part of that, and it's. Mm. It's just always he's he's so bright. He's too yeah. he's, he's so clever. Like so you kind of sit there and go, oh, yeah, of course that makes sense for it. And he's got like a kind of good, um, like just just the kind of common sense stuff. Which is if you want to summarize the torch in many ways, it feels like mm. it's very much like the common sense mm. sort of place of uh, of of wrestling discourse. I'm a subscriber. Well, I like it. You think we're negative on uh, on hate of you? Like when you put it in, like like us, you know, we're, we're always very reasoned and explained, and you know, people maybe don't take us that way. People don't take Wade that way. People don't always <laughs> take uh, you know Rich and the the rest of the lads over there the uh, the right way. But no, they do uh, they do great stuff over there. So yeah, maybe oh, yeah. to uh, to do uh, to do that. So yeah. Um, now that uh, now that it's uh, just me and you, JP, we did plan on this week being the big AW captain, yeah. but uh, unfortunately, we've uh, Vince. blame Vince. He's uh, he's moved uh, he's moved things along, and it's annoying because like last Wednesday, you know, we did Wrestle Kingdom, we did the mm-hmm. the, the, the podcast early in the evening, which was you know great because we got to do Wrestle Kingdom, and then Dynamite came along that night, and it was like one of the best dynamites you know in the last i was gonna say the best of the year it's the only one this year so far but one of the best of the last six months or so then you move on to like kind of you know the vince story kind of takes takes like precedence it's been a wild week and yeah i thought like aw finally had their place in the sun coming out of uh out of that great dynamite last week and now here we are here we are again we're talking vince mcmahon again instead but like if anyone thinks we're we're very negative about AEW, I've had not like it's I find that incredible. Period, this period of AEW, I haven't got much more than positive things to say. You know, there's a massive a time of recording, you know, dynamite coming tomorrow with a pay-per-view feeling level card. It's it's incredible. Like it's things are looking great right now. It is. I think actually it's it's that period where our post Ring of Honor, no Ring of Honor on the TV has made a massive difference from a quality perspective. It's made an enormous difference. I also think as well, the fresh coat of paint, particularly this week, I was looking a lot about the direction, about what impact would Mike Mansory have on the product as a director. And you know what? I think it's a positive one. There was something about it where it honestly felt a bit better. Like mm. it just felt like better from like a kind of a visual perspective. And I know when you look at the, the kind of, what is it, a load of LED screens, what the hell does this mean? Mm. But there were things about the use of, um, it wasn't so much drone cameras, but they had the ones on kind of ropes they were able to kind of bring across. That you see like kind of being used at all sporting events, like across the field, particularly like kind of American football and the like. Mm. And so I think that was really good. Plus they've focused the storylines a lot more. They've. It feels like it's just not as bloated. Things have time to breathe. Now, there are people who appear on these shows who really have no business appearing on it, given the kind of roster they could have. But it's definitely been, benef- it's definitely been beneficial. But this is all with a proviso that the ratings themselves aren't reflecting that. But I would mm-hmm. say this is something where you definitely stay the course. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's like, um, it's one of the things where... Um, you know, you look at like this as a as a kind of a piece of 
and I'm looking at this as like four hours of TV that I've seen it this week. This week, mm. in the main, I was really impressed with all of it, and I thought there's mm. there's a good flow. There's stuff that they're doing, like I know the Jarrett stuff and everything else. People have good reason to like not like it, and the rest. Of I think it. people have turned yeah. the corner. It's you fucking know. worked. It's, it's absolutely so worked. They're not being cheered by anyone. No yeah. one is cheering them. Mm. And I tell you what, dare I say it, this thing's about Sat- Satnam Singh continues to impress while not actually doing any wrestling whatsoever. But that didn't. I didn't think that would be the storyline. It just feels like even having a feud like Hangman Moxley. Mm. which is basically like a number one contenders match, mm. really, even though that Danielson's that page. It's like, who is the person post MJF Danielson? You mm. know, there are things that they're going with this where I'm just that little bit more intrigued by. There's mm. other people on the show who you realize are completely, like, if they're not there, are you going to miss them across mm. it on here? But it's, I mean, it's not all absolutely perfect, but it's a damn sight more of an improvement from the, from the TV we had kind of going in around full gear and down into um, mm. uh, into the Ring of Honor final battle. It just feels like it's been a lot more of an improvement since then, and people have been elevated. It feels cleaner. It just feels like, you know, that there's always going to be people, even like us, who are going to go, oh, you're not using, you know, Miro's not on TV, for example, yeah. or where's so-and-so, like, what's Wardlow doing right now? You know, those types of things. You're never going to please everyone. He's got, you know, the biggest, possibly most talented roster, you know, assembled, possibly of, of all time. Maybe you compare it to like, you know, some of the peak WCW, may, maybe not, but it's up there as far as just pure talent and number of great people on the yeah. roster. But I think what Tony Khan has done, whether it was, you know, forced, you know, or whether it's just the fact that the ROH pay per view window is over, he's just gone, okay, these are my guys. And I'm going to book around them. And it's paying dividends. Like you mentioned, you know, yeah, the viewership number this week. There's no way to disguise it. It was a bad number. It was a bad demo mm. too. Um, you know, well, I, things, I'm slightly positive on it because I do kind of think, you know, the, the Rampage number was uh, was really yeah. strong for Rampage. And that was, a you know, a stronger than usual show. And just generally, if the shows remain this good, I've got faith that the fans will come. Yeah. You know, that that that's always the way it is. But it does feel like he's gone, okay, who are my guys? It's, it's Darby Allen. It's Ricky Starks. He's picking names of guys and going, okay, and I'm going to concentrate them over the weeks. It's the Moxley, you know, hangman thing. It's all of those those key things, these key pillars of the shows are all hitting right now. And it's not, you know, it doesn't feel like so much of a rush, the shows. It doesn't feel like, oh, we got to get to the next segments. You know, this week might be a challenge for that because there's a lot of great stuff they're trying to, like, hammer into the show. But it does feel like, yeah, what we're concentrating on the right things at the right times. You know, Ricky Starks Mm. booking over the last few weeks. You know, we haven't had a a huge amount to talk about it. But it would have been so easy for him to be not lost in the shuffle. But, you know, if if you if we were playing the the, the meme that we'd have about Tony Khan, it would have been, you know, like like when he had the, the, you know, the, the, the feud with Hobbs and he. You know, had that big moment and then disappeared off TV. It would have felt on brand for him to have the big MJF match and then we don't see him again until a pre-tape on Rampage in, you know, four weeks or something like that. No, he's hot. So let's get him right into, for whatever you can say about Chris Jericho, right into a program with Chris Jericho. On top of that, let's put him over Chris Jericho, you know, on, on last week's Dynamite. Let's keep that momentum going. Let's keep him, you know, as part of a focus part of the show. 
and it's paying dividends. He's been, mm-hmm. you know, for, I know Garrett's like the low man on Ricky Starks. Garrett, you know, I, I don't know what Garrett's thought is on Ricky Starks these days. I wasn't 100% sold on him, but I think he's doing great work. I think that's that's worked out really well. Yeah. You know, focusing on Swerve Strickland is clearly, you know, paid off. He's been a highlight of the shows the last few weeks. And even things like, you know, Darby Allen, you know, what's he been doing for the last year? Not much, really, other than the instincts, mate. But the people who would push back on someone like me complaining about that would go, oh, you can always heat them up. That's kind of been proven true. Tony's heated them back up again now, and he feels like another main he feels like mm-hmm. a main character in the show. Like, I've got nothing but compliments for the way Tony's handled these wrestlers these last, you know, four or five weeks. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think for a show like this, especially when it's in the debut market, you're going to have to do things to attract that hometown audience. Well, you have... An extended low load of Brian Danielson cutting a promo, and you have Darby Allen winning the TV title in a matchup that's worked out well for Samoa Joe in terms of like having someone to be in there with. And I think, to be honest, I'm I'm just glad the TNT titles like kind of I, there's there is a lot of directions you can go with Darby Allen that's quite easy. I think for TNT champion, I, I don't know how much kind of long term. I mean, it makes you think what's happening with the Wardlow Joe stuff at the same mm-hmm. time but like i think all of the stuff it's just like the for an opening and a closing of a show opening mm-hmm. with the ricky starks jericho match which was a hell of a lot of fun and like I say mm-hmm. wins clean my fear is always okay where are we on the way to revolution are we just gonna go is he gonna be like kind of embroiled with me just being kind of outnumbered how much mm-hmm. is this action andretti bloke gonna play into all of it because mm-hmm. while he's getting reactions now like you know there comes a point is, is he going to be able to have generate the kind of heat that you need during matches and I'm, i'd be mm. shocked if he's able to at, at this stage mm. but then ending with joe versus darby it's a very crowd pleasing show mm. and it's just like like you say you have your hangman moxley bit you have your mj mjf danielson bit in there as well and you're like yeah this is this is good common sense straightforward television mm. like where just not an overdose of titles. We had Battle of the yep. Belt for that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you know, we had that, you know, that period where you know, the, the Battle of the Belt almost felt like it meant something as well. Like the, this week, yeah. it almost. I mean, put it on the back of a rampage. I, I guess you know that the time it's on means it does. It doesn't mean anything. But like, even like given given that Battle of the Belt and Rampage show, like a hot crowd this week. Like I know. Yeah. You know, you might, you could probably argue, you know, if Portland's going to be this hot for their first show, maybe they should have got a dynamite, but they got a rampage and, and they got a battle of the belts that didn't necessarily feel as as undercooked as some of the, some of the previous ones. Mm. And again, that paid dividends as well. There's just, yeah, there's a there's a lot of positives to to, to go around with. Um, with rampage the had a lot of TLC out. recently after a lot of legitimate criticism about how mm. throwaway it's felt. Like there is very much an emphasis of we're going to have a couple of big stars on there. Like, obviously, this week they had a cracking match with Moxley and Danielson against Top Flight in oh, there. And that like, that, I went four on that. Like, that's, a, that's, like, that's a notebook grapple match for me. Yeah. This week. I love that match. Like, I thought, yeah, it, it was It was like, and, and the weird thing about it, it was like the, um, I think it was, was it Darius Martin who had the match with Moxley um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago that died. Like, this one, nope, crowd was into it, bang, bang up for it, and the wrestlers kind of told a great story within the match like you know like these two underdogs kind of staying in there with with moxley and brian yeah that was great and that that's the type of thing i think you can do with rampage i think you know that's not a match that you're burning that's not a match that you're going to be saving 
Yes, you might not want, you know, some people will push for, you know, big storyline developments and angles to happen on Rampage to make it feel important again. I kind of feel like the horse might have bolted on that and you do more damage because, you know, the people who were only watching Dynamite are then like, hang on, you know, not that this is a big one, but why is, why, why is he called Big Bill? Like, when did that name change happen? Yeah. Like, you get those little moments that, that do cause, like, confusion. But what you can do on Rampage, absolutely, is book, like, Moxley in an exhibition match is Book Brian mm-hmm. in an exhibition match. You can throw them out there, and you know it doesn't have to be this. It's like that. Remember that period when Brian and Punk were having those just those just just fun rampage yeah. opening matches like for that last while. That in itself kind of made the show worth watching, even if it was maybe separate or whatever storylines was going on with those guys at the time. Like more of mm-hmm. that. Like I'd love that. And who were two of the guys who was involved in a lot? Of that was Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. In terms mm-hmm. of those, and and look what it's kind of ended up doing for them, mm-hmm. where they've got enough bona fides in the ring to be credible, um, like a, a, obviously a credible tag team. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to get that. St- there was stuff about top flight here where they just looked better. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying like there was something about them where they felt like actually they they kind of really looked apart. Darius mm-hmm. Martin looks less as much like the kind of skinny kid. Yeah. Like I think as well, and I think Darius has a has a has a good look to them as well, and and it's it's just that it's that period of getting Darius Martin back into the swing of things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which and it it just makes them. So I'm like kind of going, oh, okay, top flight versus acclaimed is an interesting tag, yeah. Like, and then you can see where we go with this, which is homegrown as being the focus. Mm-hmm. Now for the women, I've seen this hypothesized that the direction they're going with the women is this kind of homegrown AEW mm. and WWE women. My opinion on that is, fuck it, why not? It's not like a whole lot of other stuff has worked. You might as no. well go with that. You might as well see mm. if there's any juice from that as a as a stable, talking about how they're going to take a load of money and go back there mm. and the rest of it. Even if all of the people who are left, there going, well, if that bloke's coming back, I'm going nowhere near the fucking bloke. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, Mercedes Verano slash Monet slash Sasha <sighs> Banks is probably thinking, yeah, yeah, it was the wise move. Fucking I wonder with that story. What's your, what's your theory on that? Do you think she? Do you think? I don't know. I, I'm going back and forth on it. Like I was convinced she was going to be Paige's tag team partner. Like convinced. And I, I thought like that story last week was you know with the with the backstage segment with Tony Storm and that was going to lead to you know maybe you know Tony Storm getting taken out. Maybe she either gets angry. Who knows? Like, they're going to find some way to get there, or even maybe you know. Mercedes sits in the front row and uses that ticket that Britt Baker gave to Paige, and that's the you know the the payoff to, to kind of that story. I'm actually not sure now. Like I'm wondering, is she actually going to turn up in AEW? Maybe maybe our theory about this tag match not being the place to 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 debut such a such a big star might come true. I don't know. You you, you believe in it at this point? You think it seems unlikely that she'd. Leave you know WWE and just do New Japan and not do AEW. I know Meltzer's talked about the fact that you know WWE people don't believe she's mm-hmm. going to do AEW and that there's a there's a hold up in that AEW would want her under a long term deal and she doesn't want to sign anything long term. It's given me enough doubt now. I my natural instinct is to think that she is coming in. Yeah, and the reason for that being that. I think in this case, they would do the exception of do a couple of dates just to see what kind of sticks with it rather than a long-term deal, just yeah. to see if she kind of likes the feel of it as yeah. and anything else. And they can do that and try and 
think of a way of convincing the you art know, kind of writing around if she didn't want to do it. I think a week in, obviously, as we've discussed at the start of the show, a week is a long time in WWE. I think the entire focus of people going back there is going to be very, very different. Because if Mercedes Monet wasn't under any illusions that, that she was never going to be the pushed commodity within the women's division in WWE, well, it sure as fuck isn't going to happen after Vince. Not after this, not after holdups, not after he has his favourites and who he's going to go to. And she's not one of them. So I think in many ways, like you say, she's kind of pigeonholed. Mm. Like getting the stardom thing and wanting to work with like the stardom roster appears to be, you know, it is, it's the bucket, it is the wrestling bucket list thing and go to Ribeiro and get the fucking jacket and the like as well. Mm. I think in this case, like I could see her coming in. I'm, I'm kind of, but it won't be in my fear is it's going to be in an overly convoluted way, mm. which is very going to be similar to Soraya where you have a tag match and then she mm. comes out at the end, but doesn't really offer anything. And whatever, for the love of God, please tell me she's changed her fucking finisher. Changed a fucking finisher. I'm not I'm sure, sure what it was before. The bank. I just wanted it... to... Yeah, the bank statements or whatever, bank like statement. submissions. I just want it to go well. It's one of them. It's like I, I, I hope balance. no one, you know, mis misconstrues. Yeah, it'll be something Monet, money related. Like, I hope no one misconstrues what we, you know, we were saying last week, or I mean, people did on Twitter with me. But like, there's, you know, we. Uh, we still think she's going to be, and it's been proven over the last week, a big draw for for, for New Japan money-wise, you know, and she's selling tickets, and things are going to be fine once, you know, we get in the ring and we have matches and stuff. But I would like her to have a, a good, if she is having an AEW debut, just a, you know, a nice, solid, good AEW where you come out of it, not talking about a botch or a bad promo, you come out of going, oh, what a star, oh, she's going to elevate this division going forwards. But, yeah, I, I, if you ask me to bet, I'd still put money on she's coming in. I don't think Tony you're more doubtful of it. I'm more doubtful of it being a long term thing. Maybe I put some credence in that. Maybe she isn't willing to sign anything. Maybe she does want to uh, want to stay here. <laughs> JP, tweet that out and hashtag it to her fans. Go on, go on, JP. Andy's daring you there in the chat. No, for it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dealing with that shower of perverts. Um, yeah. I, I mean, to go along with, I think what Andy also mentions in the chat as well, Andy Ogden in this case, about her coming in as Jade's 50th opponent. I thought there was a big deal of the making 48 and 0, mm. like in terms of the match against. The I thought one of Jade Cargill's better matches in AEW against Sky Blue, like which I hadn't. Trust me, I went three stars in it. I'm not fucking going <laughs> berserk over it. But generally, if you look at Jade, even though all of the praise and the acknowledgement, she looks like a star. The matches don't no. deliver, deliver less rather than more frequently. So I think in and Mercedes is a dream match. Feels like more like you want to. It's like people want the photo, they want the gif, they want the the moment. Do they really yeah. want the match? <laughs> I worry about that a little bit. Monet wise, as Simon says, there you go. That's what I, I should have gone with the uh, with the puns. But yeah, finish was great as well. As, uh, yeah, there for for that one. Yeah, there was a. I mean, I was going to say, what are your highlights of AW TV over the last few weeks? Because we haven't really done a full proper dynamite review in a little while. Is it Jeff? Do we start with Control F? Because, as you said before, like it's like, look, we are the irony Jeff Jarrett likers. You yeah. know, we'll we'll even get you know Eddie's probably Eddie Sideburns, one of our uh, kings of the mountain, is probably like a higher level Jeff fan than even us. Like I think he takes mm -hmm. it past the irony to where he just genuinely loves Jeff, and we were for us quite re reserved when he came into AEW. We were like, you know what? As much as we like a laugh about Jeff. This is a very TNA move in, in many ways, including the you know the, the the really direct way. But you know, is this a good idea? Is it the type of thing AEW have been doing? You can't tell me 
based on this last week of TV, Battle of the Belts, and based on the, the, the Dynamite match last week, everything Jeff's been involved in has been gold. He's been great. Even the stupid rap he did. Like that moment on Dynamite this week in that tag match where he did, it wasn't the Jared Struss, he did the little jig. When he, I think he thought he'd won the match. I can't remember what the moment was. And he just sprinted across the ring. And it just gave me pure joy. And like I was following my Twitter timeline. Everyone else felt the same way. The match was complete bullshit and nonsense. Speaking about Denz and the torch, I was listening to, to Wade and Todd this week. And Todd was kind of going, right, but why were the refs restarting that match or getting involved in the finish that when yeah. they didn't care about the cheating elsewhere on the show? Yes, logically, that's right. But for a moment, I forgot all that because I was just enjoying the Jeff Jarrett bullshit and the smoke and mirrors. And we got two great helpings of that, you know, over the last week. Like, Jeff hasn't been a bust in AEW against all odds. He's been, as Andy says, sums it up, creating gold instead of selling it. Like, somehow it's worth... How does it fucking work? What a line, Andy. It makes no sense. Good work, It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But it's been the perfect feud for the acclaimed. Yeah. They're they're just new champions. They need to be in a feud where certainly they were the ones who are going to be cheered. And like Mm. I said earlier on, no one is cheering for um, Jarrett and Lethal. No one. (laughs) But that's fine, and that's, that's kind of good. I think the dynamics with Satnam Singh at ringside, Sanjay Dutt, I can hardly just doesn't need to be that. I'd sooner just came out there with that. Yes. And Jeff is in his early 50s. And he's, trust me, I watched a fair whack of Noah. I've seen some lazy 50 year olds, some proper fucking dossers out there. He's putting in a shift. A These prop. were like kind of, and I tell you what. When they did that original title change on the Dynamite, and I saw this, and I didn't know it was out, and I went, holy fucking shit. I went, please tell me we're going to get some sort of reversal. And I was happy that there was a reversal, which I know for the logic, like you mentioned, and stuff like that, that you can pick up on it. But in that moment, seeing a hot crowd getting into this match, seeing something they genuinely didn't want to see, and then the reversal of it, which then led to the... I thought it was really fun watching Max Caster do a lot, whole load of Kurt Angle moves on, yeah, on yeah. Jeff Jarrett on ramp. I, like, I was pissing myself <laughs> laughing. And you know, that. Jeff is going home and telling Karen, none of that was my idea. You know, the raps where he mentioned you're nothing to do with me. Like, I can't believe oh. he said that. I'm angry too. <laughs> it's like when Matt Hardy goes home. It's like, oh no, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, total non-stop <laughs> acclaim. It's brilliant. <laughs> It's, it's fucking great. superb. It's I, absolutely I, worked. I honestly might have, or maybe this is why I'm not a booker, put the belts on Jeff and Jay on Dynamite just to do the reversal at the weekend. Maybe that's too Russo. Maybe that's too Attitude mm. Era. But it would have fit what they were doing. Um, but but as know, a placeholder um, tag feud, oh, this is perfect for it. And yeah, there are other options. And you kind of think, on what stage do you go to? The, well, you're not going to go to the Bucks until the end of next week. At the end, Sorry, the end of um, uh, the show this week and where, where they go with that. But as a placeholder feud that was there to cover bait more or less like a kind of month and a half, two months, it's been perfectly fine. Like, trust me, the, yeah, there's been bits of it where you go, it's a bit cringeworthy. It's worked. It's fine. Don't have them win the titles. Like, just... <laughs> I, you disagree point, with me and Sam, just, move, <laughs> just move Jeff to the back. Like, All right, it's fine. Fine. This is as much as you were going to get with him. And I think they've done as well. If the job is ultimately to try and get your baby face tag team that bit more over and you've got someone there who's willing to have the piss taken out of them for it because there's a whole wealth of material for it. Hmm. It's worked. You're not going to get five-star matches, 
But what you're going to get is some very entertaining television. And I have to say, I was really entertained on that. Even if at times the match on Rampage was meant to be no holds barred, but just turned into a tag, basically. It was just like an old <laughs> Southern wrestling tag team match. I think, But I didn't find myself giving a shit. Yeah. I, I know this is there because I'm a snarky prick who does a podcast. But ultimately, it's still made for good entertaining TV. I went three and a half. I went three and a half on the match, and I was I like, I, <laughs> I could go higher. Yeah, based on three or four, I had. I think I'd go with that. But I was going to say another man. We I know I Owen. Oh, we were wrong too. Is this bloke, Mister Samoa Joe? Gareth gave me oh. this figure for Christmas. Like we, as the hardened Samoa Joe fan, I. I apologize for betraying you, Joe. Like when we did the uh, the the crappies, I was in a bad mood. Massey led me astray. Um, I was agreeing with all the takes about you know Joe maybe being a bit past it at this point. We, we were pointing out the exception of the derby match and going, you know, there was that though. You know, we were making jokes about how he was turning purple every time he cut a promo. You know what? No, like Joe's been fucking great these last few weeks on TV. Yeah. Yes, the two great matches have been with Darby, so there is that point of you know Darby's like the perfect Joe opponent. It's like you know when it feels a little bit. It's not the same, but when Jack Evans was an ROH in the mid two thousands, and every time Joe or Brian got in there with him, and they could just stretch him around, it was just it was just so perfect. Like that combination of like this hard shooter bloke and this this guy who you could beat the shit out of. Darby Allen's the same thing for Samoa Joe. Might even be one of the one in a in a very storied yeah. career, one of his high level rivals he's had in his career at this point. But it's not just that. It's the promos. Like Joe's been great. Like I, I made, I was wrong on the dead boy, doesn't he? Yeah, I was like, even as a hardened Joe fan, like, ah, but maybe Miro could have had that role. Maybe there's more, you know, juice in Miro going forward. No, Joe's been brilliant. He's been chewing scenery. Like, he's been a highlight of the shows for me for the last few weeks. So I don't know if I'm allowed back in the Samoa Joe fan club, but I want to at least, uh, we're at least trying to uh, and get my way in. It was, uh, it was our friend Ian who pointed this out to me on Twitter. He, but he was right. He was right. We shouldn't have doubted Samoa Joe and the, uh, the crappies. I might go back and uh, scrub that section of the show. Yeah, just delete it or just have a complete beep going over the pet section where you speak. Just leaving <laughs> Matty's make it look like it's defense. Yeah, this was again, they're doing a they're debuting in Seattle. They're looking at running the Northwest in the States a lot more. They're opening up a kind of new market there. They want to have some hot stuff to put on TV. This was kind of perfect because he had obviously the hometown hero in Darby Allen. And it was a good use of Darby Allen. It just felt a use of Darby Allen outside of Sting. Having Sting come out afterwards as well was great. I mean, I think at it this around Nick Wayne and, you know, Buddy Wayne as well. I'm nice with a yeah. long time of urban subscriber like me, JP. I'm, I'm nice with that. And like, you could tell it meant, genuinely, you know, meant something to Darby having Nick Wayne after the start of the match. Like, it fully, yeah, it paid a part of, you know. It did. In, um, in shining up Darby. It was... It was what you wanted to, for what you wanted to close a TV program with. And I know again, it was like, and in the ratings at that point, it had gone down to like seven hundred and sixty thousand, and bumped up to eight twenty two for the main event. That's dark. Think about those people who went along to see it. They'll be happy with what they went to see, mm-hmm. and therefore you're hoping then to get the repeat business mm-hmm. when they're not like kind of burning it out, and they're able to spread out their shows a bit more evenly than rather than running place into ground as we've seen in the northeast and in chicago and the like it, it was that combined like i say with the overall chain subtle changes it's not like they've revolutionized how the tv program is made but mm. the cosmetic changes around the tv and just at times feeling like the camera is like almost level with the ring 
<clears throat> and you could see the fans that bit more clearly in the background, which felt good and made it look a bit more major league. I think everything kind of worked with this as uh, for what it delivered. Joe beat the shit out of Derby. Derby takes it. Derby gets a fucking win. That's it's rock solid booking. Wrestling's not hard, is it? <laughs> not hard. <laughs> the end of the day. A little bloke. The other bloke's big. David and Goliath. I, th- I think another thing, obviously, you know, we'll get into because it is. I, I, I love it and hate it when we do these Tuesday spotlights. I'm always, you know, mm. not in the knowledge there's another dynamite uh, coming tomorrow. But you know, there's, there's plenty of rampage and battle of the belts to talk. And generally speaking, the last few dynamites are, are more what we're talking here other than than last mm. week's show. But I think another positive of the last few weeks has been what they're building for tomorrow's big show. Yeah. You know, obviously there's the 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 six man title stuff is over. JP, uh, I'm sure you won't uh, you won't uh, be, be sad about that if uh, if the books and, and Kenny do lose. But I think they're probably going to win. Um, Wrestle King, the main event of Kenny Omega, back for the six man belts. But yeah, yep. is what it is. But uh, you know, you're not a like I say it's a very balanced show right now. You know, there isn't really a spot for him to be doing uh, a big singles feud. So that's the counterpoint. But that show's also got like I say the Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. Uh, Soraya and allegedly Tony Storm um, match there, but we'll see if there's the shenanigans. You know, da- Danielson and Takeshita, like that, you know, the MGF feud is maybe this is where the content hasn't been for me, but the performances, you know, have been mm. great. They're also building Moxley and Hangman really well. I think their promo yeah. segments over the last few weeks have been have been fantastic, including you know, apologize to Lance Storm and um, then picking up on the point of uh, you know that you know injuries happen in a match. Why is Hangman so mad at Moxley? They've they've gone away to even explain that if you if you had an issue with that, you know, even the undercard of it, you know, Jack Perry and Hook teaming up has been well built against Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. There's yeah. going to be you know Jericho stuff where they'll be bragging about being in the uh, the alleged modern day ECW PWG. This uh, this last weekend doesn't miss a doesn't miss a chance, Jericho. Does he? Uh, I wonder if it's a coincidence that uh, that CM Punk had to go at Reseda in his uh, in his uh, cakey promo that uh, that Jericho all of a sudden turns up in PWG. Who knows? But I'm sure that'll be good on the show as well. Like there's heavy duty stuff there. That's very that's paper. Yeah. Danielson to catch. I want to get an hour on its own. Never mind the fact that you know we're getting the uh, the peak of the Moxley Hangman story, and we're obviously the MJF Danielson stuff itself is carrying on right now. I, if I was going to predict ratings, it's kind of impossible. I don't predict it's going to do good. I don't think it's going to do nine hundred thousand overall. Really? I, What's I going, think it's going to fall going ca- on. Or? I don't think there's anything. I think there's there's always sports stuff going on and the rest of it. I just don't because I think if we're just following the trend of recent TV. However, I think what it is going to end up being is for those people who are watching on it is a really good show. Mm-hmm. And again. I think that's more important for that longer term vision. It's like we need to put together a product that is selling pay-per-views, selling tickets to pay-per-views, and mm. we're getting kind of decent houses in certain locations. I know this one is well down from the other ones in the the forum. I think it's like eight and a half thousand and the like, isn't it? That they've they've got for this one here. But I think it'll be a I think it'll be an, a, a kind of a cracking show. And you're right, they've built you mentioned Moxley and Hangman there. This isn't a feud for a belt. It's a simple, it is a very simple, straightforward. The last time we wrestled, you knocked me out. I've yeah. been on the shelf for a while. I want to, I'm going to come back and, and take you out because I want to win the titles. And they both realize they have to go. It's, it's what you want. If you would, I know obviously they're, they're having the match, but you could see there easily being a rematch at Revolution because it's a mm-hmm. good place for both of them to be, which is the winner of this. It's, it's like a UFC card. The winner yeah. of this will probably be the person to take on the winner of MJF Danielson. And yeah. it all works in a completely credible way. 
you, yeah. And like I say, the delivery of the promos and everything else, you're going to get that kind of good split crowd feeling to it. There's going to be, they've built up the fact that there's a good bit of needle between them as well. This is mm. kind of, it's it's simple shit and it's not mm. done in any kind of a messy way. And, and I subscribe to Fightful. So one of the things you see is who the producers are and you see Moxley involved quite often as a producer on dynamite now that that's a that's something happening with with a lot of regularity and yeah. you can really tell that they're both thinking about how they deliver on this and moxley's not gonna get all fucking stroppy like punk would about if he says you ever see what matt and nick jackson's jobs are to the earlier chat or no um <laughs> do they, are they ever on the, any of these <laughs> what are what are their jobs i don't know no idea. they don't need them just go in and fucking wind people up, and then that's the problem. Being fantastic wrestlers, shit stirring. Uh, that's the little boys backstage, yeah. Shit stirring, <laughs> yeah. you know, falling out with people. Me, and it's like, of course, you two cunts were involved. You always fucking are. <laughs> it's kind of their charm in some ways, but yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I do wonder, like, what the, uh, you know, what the, what if a, if a, if a, if an EVP at AW is actually held to any higher standard than anyone else that's backstage. But, but anyway, yeah, no, you know. But, more on the box of the Batman man stuff, yeah. I've been loving it, love the promo segments, love the intensity. And you're right, I think there will be a rematch of the pay per view. And you can't, you know, as much as it's like wait for the pay per view, you can't with it, you know, it's too it's too far away. You need this story point in the middle before we get there. And speaking of that, like the the Brian MJF story, like I know people aren't fans of them going back to the MJF well of oh, I'm gonna pick your opponents, or you've gotta you gotta fight through five or six men to get there. Well, fuck off! I'm getting Brian Danielson against Takeshita Dynamite, and hopefully yeah. the other four matches, or however many there are, are going to be good too. They're going to be matches that we all want to. You know, it's not going to be um, who did Brian wrestle this week? Um, what's it called? He squashed him, didn't he? Tony uh, Nice. Tony Nice. Like it. I mean, you know that you know that was a Brian choice, by the way. I want to work Tony Nice. Thank God it wasn't a. I, I don't think I wanted to see Brian go back and forth with Tony Nice. That's just a me thing. But I think if Brian has some input and AW do give some guidance. You could have four or five weeks of Brian Dream matches coming up for the next few weeks. Yeah. I'll take that as 15 minutes in every show. I love that. Uh, I'm a little bit cautious about them doing a 60-minute Ironman match, especially for us cunts. If we're staying up live to watch the yeah. pay-per-view and it's four or four in oh, the morning. Saturday or Sunday? Oh, I think so. I don't know if anyone in the chat can correct. I think it might be Sunday. I'll double it check. It probably bloody is, isn't it? it but imagine, it imagine you're feeling like, I know you wouldn't stay up anyway, but like people, no. idiots like me who are going to be up you know, it's going to be our four. It's going to, oh, by the way, there's an hour match to go here. That's Brian. He, he loves his, uh, he loves his long matches. He clearly thinks he can wear miracles. <laughs> I'm a little bit, you know, not that I'm not looking forward to it, but a little bit scared about what that might be at the end of a long pay-per-view. But the route we're getting there, I'm all for. Very much uh, enjoying it. Uh, and yeah, you know, the, the promos and the motivations haven't been great. I still don't understand why we're treating Regal like he's dead. I still would like Brian to make clear he actually wants to be the world champion a little bit stronger, considering yeah. how many of his shoes real life interviews revolve around the fact he doesn't really care about being the world champion. Um, I'd like to see that emphasized a little bit more and less of the uh, the Brian humor that we got uh, we got last week on Dynamite, but as a path to the match, I'll take this. Great Brian matches every week. Sign me up. Yeah. And it's a Sunday, JP. Sorry. I've just looked on their 12th day of Lent as well. Didn't mean anything to me. I've never <laughs> observed that in my life. Um, no. And it's it, it's one of... It, I, I'm I'm actually probably a bit more positive. Like, like you say, the bells and whistles of the him putting in the stipulation of defeating the four people. What are we going to ultimately get? Like you say, we're going to get four matches, which 
he is going to be a focus. And rather than having Brian Danielson, reluctant headliner, he's going to be headlining a pay-per-view. Thank God. Like, is it the first one he's headlined? I would think so, yeah. yeah. I I mean, not that I'm going to pick. Yeah, he's, he's had a weird poor. year, hasn't he? Like, yeah, it's been That's yeah, when you think strange. of it. When you think of it, that's that's quite poor. You have someone who, like, you know, not that long ago, headlined a WrestleMania, which was entirely built around him and creating some of the most iconic images in recent years in WWE. I'm sure you've got a spot in, like, a mm. pay-per-view main event for him. Mm. But we're getting that. I also think as well, this is, for me, a lot of this is about adding credibility to MJF. And it's I've enjoyed, because MJF's gone back to being heel, which obviously mm-hmm. worked here because he was in, in Seattle as well. And, you know, I think he's, he's shown a little bit of weakness. Like mm-hmm. in some of the promo battles, he's realized actually his job is not to dominate and everything else, which is which I think has been like very beneficial. And I think the 60-minute match, which is terrifying in some ways, <laughs> But do you know what? If we're going to be brutally honest about it, <laughs> if it works, yeah. then you've got yourself like an MJF. You can have a 60-minute match that works with the best worker in the world who will mm. think up of good ways in which to have this match. And it isn't too bullshitty at the end and everything else. It's, And I'm sure MJF will be doing his absolute damnness to kind of like prove... F- people all around the world wrong mm. on this. Mm. Mm. There's a there's, So there's a lot to prove. And I think Danielson looking at the challenge of, I'm going to have to make a guy with this mm. hour match. As like, actually, mm. as a wrestler, this guy is the real fucking deal. Yeah, I guess we'll see. It's I mean, it's not, it's not that MGF's terrible. You know, I love that Derby match. I know that it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but like that felt like work rate MJF. Maybe, you know, <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Maybe we're 20 minutes of stalling and then we'll he, get to the match. I don't know. We'll he has see. a habit of rising to the level of what his opponent is. Yeah. That is the thing about him as well. You talk about matches with Jungle Boy and Jungle uh, matches with Derby Allen. They've, they've, they've always been good because he's in there against with talented workers who can kind of work around him. Mm. And like, you know, it's only like times when he's in there with Cody, who's always like he's inconsistent, and it's, it can yeah. be a mixed bag given what Cody was like at that particular moment in time. I think it's a really, it it's the right move for a pay per view mm. main event. I'm glad we're talking about a pay per view main event that's kind of being set in stone now, and we're at the start. We're we're not even halfway through January, so we've got a good six weeks to kind of build to it. I'm one of those people. I love a bit of a slow build to it. There's some way we've got to wait to kill some wait weeks in the meantime. All good. You've got to have a big dynamite like this in the middle. Like that's yeah. the, you know, that's the move. So that's smart too. Uh, but yeah, it definitely it feels like tomorrow's the peak of a really good, you know, four or so where mm-hmm. we've run. I'm on my it rain, really. Um, yeah. Any, any, anything we didn't cover? Any of the highlights? I'll, I'll throw a shout out to Swerve and, uh, and AR Fox. Very much enjoyed their match. It was a, yeah. it was a dumb indie shootout. And uh, I could have done without Swerve spending six years on the top rope before it in his finish. Simon says that I'm going full weight. That's full weight um, to complain yeah. about that. That did that did actually annoy me, even though I'm an indie fan. Um, but the, uh, the, the, it was an indie boys match with a Z. That one, just fucking two lads who know each other really well, yeah. going through all the uh, all the big spots they, they do together. If, like I said last time, if you haven't seen the Dante Fox um, versus Killshot match from Lucha Underground, I'll fucking make oh. you. I'll work that into a Patreon show in the next while, hundred percent. Because yeah, those two have got amazing chemistry together, and yeah, another good week for Swerve, and yeah, excited to see what what else he does. But yeah, any other notes for for you on AW before we move on, JP? 
Well, I suppose of the other things that I wanted to mention, it was probably more the fact that the Battle of the Belts I watched. I mean, uh, just one quick thing on this, I suppose I have to mention. Kip Sabian. It's not going anywhere, is it? Like, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Sorry, again, I'm going to go to the negative on this as well. It wouldn't be us. you got to throw something (laughs) Yeah. It's just like it's, and I honestly thought, oh, they might stick the belt on him, depending on what if they wanted him to go and do some indie shows. What's the point of Kip Sabian at this point? What's the point of Kip Sabian <laughs> AEW? Right, really? Big British star, mate. <laughs> when people thought only, that was going to be a go go, <laughs> he was the only Brit around. He was the only Brit around, and he's never meant, meant as much as Anthony a go go as ever. There's a- there's a long, uh, a long story for you where I'll throw. I was right after all when I was when I was talking about you know maybe AEW should sign Pete Dunne when he when he was it looked like he might be available. I was like, no, Anthony Agogo is going to be the big British star, is he? Is he? No, he's not. Mm. Uh, Kip Sabian isn't going to yeah. be either, by the way. Um, or Trent Seven. Maybe he's right under your nose after all. But uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, uh, the positive was Orange Cat. Like, I love that about the back-to-back of Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Mm. Having Derby main event one show and having Orange Cassidy main event another. Like, they are, again, didn't mention Orange Cassidy when I talked about, like, the guys that, you know, should be positioned at a certain level in AEW because they, you know, it's it's like whatever you think of Orange Cassidy, it's like Dan Housen. Look, I know you're not a Dan Housen guy, but have you seen those merch numbers that lad sells? He should be on telly. No, Sorry, he makes too much money. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Been... He sells more merch than Punk did. AW's the number one merch I... seller in AW. And I, don't fucking... up there too. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, I like, see it. I see it Famous words and... we say, JP. We used to say it a lot. It doesn't have to be for us, though, does it? No. If it's not for us and what, it's clearly for enough people. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, whatever. He's in the um, fucking New York Times magazine. Dan House. Yeah. I still don't want to see him wrestle. No. We're on the shows. Like you've got to find the role for him at that point. If he's that much of a mover, he has to be around. He has to be yeah. in the mix. It is what it is. Um, oh, you know, so, we didn't notice. No, sorry, Mike Bennett getting a, a rear oh, yeah. rampage. That's a pros pro, and I don't even say that as a slice. Um, like uh, nah. him, him and Taven. Probably surplus the requirements, and if they weren't going to use them in ROH, like why were they brought in a few months ago? Um, but I thought he was, yeah, you know, kind of get credit where it's due. He was good, and I love the little promo building it as well. I thought Taven was very yeah. funny, making fun of it. Darby I, Allen for being a little goth boy. I thought that a couple of times actually. Um, yeah, when they built to the backstage confrontation, I think it was on mm-hmm. Dynamite as well. That, that they, was right, yeah, yeah, that they that they. That he was very funny and, and surprisingly funny. And I was like, oh, okay. I've mm-hmm. I got time for them. If you're gonna have a tag team division that's feels like it's being reshaped in quite a number of ways, like we're not gonna have like kind of FTR. We've had like the kind of breakup of a couple of teams in there as well, like with Jurassic Express and mm-hmm. Swerve in our glory. I'm perfectly fine with like um Taven and Bennett kind of coming in and having TV matches because I'm quite confident that they're able to deliver on that and Bennett has been having ever since really I mean like his when he came back in the ring of honor like he he's but he's always been really really handy the the issue with a match like this is the result isn't in doubt but that that the fans give a shit no they're perfectly fine with it it worked for what it was it was he was never gonna win it it's a title defense for Derby early doors it's very very 
straightforward, easy wrestling television. And there's a use to having like a Mike Bennett in there. I mean, he knows. It's like Tony Nese. I made fun of Tony Nese area, but you know, Sue Williams will pull me on that one. Like, um, you know, I was reading some of his his tweets then. Like, he's like, he's very strong on like, you know, you need guys like that, you know, on the roster. You do. You absolutely do. So, you know, it's just unfortunate with the rest of this pact, how many of them do you need? But yeah, um, I'll, I'll concede that point. Um, I suppose moving on from uh, from AW, unless mm-hmm. you've, uh, you've got anything else there, there uh-huh. JP, very, very quickly, uh, we'll talk, um, I mean, New Year's Dash feels like it was six years ago, but we'll we'll combine it with the with the Jay White news. Did you see that come out today? That apparently I did. We thought we thought we were out of the woods there. We were talking about it, you know, well, well WWE must just be in Pekaleo. Apparently, Jay White, I mean, we go through this every couple of years, so mm. pinch of salt, but according to, to Fightful Select, he is looking... Um, Apparently, AW and WWE have a, a big interest in Jay White, as they should. Like as much as you know, I'm not just saying this because of Steph, but as you know, we were the Jay White haters at one point, but it was never, you know, at least for us, we never, we never thought he didn't have the talent. So I think we definitely grew into the the New Japan role better than than we gave him credit for. We eventually got a little bit on board the Jay White train. He's now at a point in his career where you look at, you know. Wrestle Kingdom, he, his job is to put Okada over in the main event. That's not a bad job. It's the biggest show of the year in Japan. Yeah. But what else is there for him to do? He's yeah. never going to be there. He's never going to be Okada. It's not a bad thing being the uh, the B player in that scenario. But I could understand him thinking, yeah, I, w- I, w- I want to move on now and do something in American wrestling. And, you know, he's been an absolute highlight of, of Impact's TV over the last while. The gay W's you saw him. Left a little bit to, to be desired, but you know he did get the big match at Forbidden Door. WWE is a complete unknown with Triple H and Vince McMahon right now, depending mm. on who's actually in charge. But you know, I even think Vince would like like a Jay White. I think he would fit. I think he's tall. He's good looking. He's you know fantastic at working that style. Can cut a promo. I think it'd be the best. I think James has been beating this drone. Best for all parties for them to end up in uh, in American wrestling, whether that is WWE or, or somewhere else. Um, a step to in the chat, uh, J to WWE, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in very much in agreement with that. I think I don't know if Steph would disagree with me on this, but I think the Jay White and New Japan story does feel like it's kind of run. Mm. Like it, it really is. It's there, and it's been a really you know in terms of like where he's been positioned in the card and, and everything else. It's it's been a really good run, but. I get the impression in terms of, I'm not sure if he's married or not, but I think he yeah. lives in the States. That's where his kind of life is. It's what he would want to do. So I'm not surprised of the options. And it's the problem is, is betting on WWE, particularly at this point in time, is a really it's fucking difficult. However, yeah. like if I was WWE, I'd get him in. Like they need heels. Yeah. Like, and this is a guy who can play heel. They yeah. really need heels, like I, I, I often think. I mean, I know we've got Roman Reigns and the rest of it, but they they got they Barry need... Corbin, mate. So you know they don't need them. Yeah, but they need <laughs> to get to imagine a the point. upgrade. Just put Jay White and everything. Everything Baron Corbin's ever done, like even yeah. Joe would admit that's an upgrade. <laughs> like, I, come on, I think AEW he gets lost in the shuffle, mm. like very very quickly. I think it's it's just too flitty for it. Mm. I mean, and anywhere else would feel like a downgrade. Mm. To be honest with you, I think. I think it's it's WWE. Mm. Like I think that's that's the thing that that he could do. He could probably have used the AEW leverage to not work as many dates. So then he gets to have a bit more of a kind of normal life, mm. as I think he would do. And he's in the prime of his career. How old is he now? Early thirties. 
at this Don't point, think he's January, in his 30s yet, mate. He's still in his 20s, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I was like, going to say, like, he was when he was brought back in to face Tanahashi, that was very much like Jay White was like 24, possibly, of that. So, we're talking about this the guy with the best years of his career there, mm. who is like we've said many times before about this, his promo abilities, like him on American TV works. Just turn 30, by the way, only just. Just so turn 30. Yeah, he'll he'll oh, thank us. Do you hear about Carl Fredericks? He I was going to say, yeah, maybe the mates, maybe that's it. Um, yeah, like, uh, was Fredericks the one who got in a bit of trouble because he was kicking off on Twitter? Yeah, he was the one who was kicking off because he wasn't getting booked. I, yeah. To be honest, NXT, he'll that'd be the place again, for him. Again, good looking lad. You know, yeah. as the look they'd want. You know, uh, less confident. Obviously, he's not Jay White, but uh, things could work out for There's him. There's enough. Uh, seen him. He's got the fundamentals down mm. that he would be the kind of guy who would have the respect of his peers because he'd gone through a dojo s- system and the rest of it, mm. and being good enough at the basics that he can kind of adapt to perhaps what they want to be. Mm. I wouldn't be that surprised seeing Carl Fredericks as some kind of success story in a few years. I'm a bit. I'm not sold the charisma side. But in terms of having a career in WWE, I could certainly see him having it. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, and again, I think both of them got higher ceilings than Hickel you, but you know, he's tall, so you know, maybe yeah. uh, I mean that's all I say maybe that's all they see in him. Um, and yeah, apparently, yeah, there was in, I think there was a the story going around about interest in Tamatonga as well. So Yeah, I saw that. As our latest King of the Mountain, Chris Platt says there in the in the chat, bringing them all in together, do a big bullet club base for you, me. So out of three ain't bad. Tamatonga yeah, yeah. and Hickel gone from New Japan. Mm. <laughs> we'll see more Farley. That's, that's your problem. Because yeah. Hikaleo was always seen as like the Farley replacement, wasn't he? Where was he last week? Couldn't even get in the Rambo Farley. What's going on there? Oh, no, I'd be surprised if he could go over there. He just seems to be just a <laughs> bloke smoking she, a cigar in New Zealand. Ain't she could rumble there. Yeah. <laughs> That's only Mania 17. He'd have to fucking the win. Top, so he's got to win. Yeah. He's got to win in that case. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Poor bad luck, Farley. Um, but yeah, there you go. That there's a there's a positive for for New Japan. That yeah, you know, we obviously we spent so much time on Wrestle Kingdom last week. I don't think we needed to to give uh, New Year's Dash Butch of a uh, review. But uh, just to say briefly, Fun. carried on carried on the nice feeling, didn't it? And I've been, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I, I don't know if I said this on the weekend show. It was uh, with SP3 at the weekend. But like honestly, JP, I fell I fell asleep. Because I, you know, it wasn't late nights for me. It was early mornings. I'm not good at early mornings, and I fell asleep during the New Year's Dash and dreamt that Omega, <laughs> and, Omega and Okada had teamed up. And in my dream, they were in red jumpsuits, so I didn't get it the whole way right. Like I assume, you know, it's one of them where you just sleep. But I must have heard the commentary, <laughs> like it drifted into my subconscious. So I woke up like, did that? Match happened? Did I imagine it? And then I, I just, I literally went, I, I tweeted the bar it, went spoiler free in, and was still, you know, nicely surprised when it really did happen. On the, apart from the red jumpsuits, you didn't have a, uh, maybe it was ROH trackies or uh, or Congo trackies. I was hoping uh, the lads would have like, uh, like the Congo lads were when they uh, they went and got that chippy from. Uh, they did. Night over there. <laughs> and the lads. Ken <laughs> yeah, angrily we... shouting for mushy peas. Yeah. What do you reckon his order is? Half and half? I reckon he's a half and half fan. Curry rice and chips. What do you mean? Oh, when you say, when you say half and half, what do you mean? Because when oh, we're we doing Liverpool again, we? and food, <laughs> it's a whole other world. So if you go into a, a Scouse chippy, which was also a Chinese... Oh, we're doing this again. Yeah. It's a Chinese. You go, you say, you say half and half, it will be chips, boiled rice, and curry sauce. You could go chips... Fried rice and curry sauce. You could go wild and do gravy, but I'm not sure I recommend it with the rice. Um, but yes, there you go. 
It's I'm like oh yeah, monster one of them now. I'm really hungry now. You say, oh, <laughs> They're all the only problem with them is uh, yeah, a lot of the chippies are the little clothes by ten, so I'm stuffed here. Um, but Steph says yeah, it's like when she thought uh, me, me, she woke up and me and her watching the impact review. Oh, is it Josh Alexander in leather? Did yeah, I dream the going on about it's like how bad the Josh Alexander heel turn promo. I was like, yeah. What are you on about? It's like, I've been watching this whole time. Did I fall asleep? And it turned out she just dreamt that it had happened. Was it Josh or was it Eric Young? It was one of the two. No, I uh, think it was Josh Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was wearing some sort of like leather jacket thing. Or maybe wrestling sne- sneaking into our subconscious was my so worrying really what happens, isn't it? It, it? Like I say, there's no matches worth breaking down, especially at this late point, <laughs> but like fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Fun show, newsworthy, felt like a hot happening promotion for a couple of nights last week to the New Japan. Yeah, and rather than delivering some sort of like epoch-shaking um, like you know, we've got some like big event of an angle or anything else, really what it delivered in, if you're like part of that crowd and you see Omega and Okada team up hmm. like, that is that is cool, and yeah. like you say, it's Kenny Omega coming in and being on his best fucking behaviour over those two days. And you're like, mm-hmm. Now, does he still feel as bitter about them afterwards? Is he going to be as childish? I hope to God not. Because like we said on the week, you know, like we said last week on the, the Wrestle Kingdom review, like, New Japan know Kenny Omega better than he knows himself. Or knows how to book him better than he knows how to book himself. But even if it's not that, as we got pushed back on YouTube and the, uh, the comments, mm-hmm. like, even if it is just... Because after he does get a, you know... Can pretty much do what he wants in New Japan. There's just something about him there where he doesn't, you know, he does take it a bit more seriously and he does present himself in a bit more of a serious way. Obviously, you get your six fans where he's got his broom out and his t shirt and whatever. Uh, and maybe that was that, you know, we always said that that was the secret sauce. People weren't watching those shows, they were only watching the big shows where he came across like the biggest star. But you can't deny there's, there's something to learn or there's a lesson to be learned at all. Just how can he present himself in these yeah. big matches that I'd. I do think in AEW, even when he was world champion, even accounting for the injuries, it you know a lot of it was with with a wink and a and a mustache and a and a jokey manager in the corner. You know there was there was there was too much of that. Um, this felt like yeah, felt like prime Kenny Omega. Like I'm you know to, like I was messaging Joe back and forth at the Wrestle Kingdom. He was raving about it like it was yeah 2018. You know if if Edin's gonna bring him back, it's it's prime Kenny Omega going in there with the yeah with Osprey. You know everyone felt positive coming out of it with uh, with Kenny and yeah, but that spread to, to New Japan as a whole too. And it suggests that there's more to come yeah. from this, which is great. I'm not expecting Kenny Omega to do a G1, by the way. I don't know. Do you know he doesn't have to at he this stage of his career? He shouldn't. He should not be doing it. anything like that. Brian's stupid enough to do it. Fair enough. Go on, Brian. Yeah. Kenny shouldn't. No, not at all. He's he's done that. But having him come in a couple of times a year on big shows, like mm-hmm. you kind of think, ah, actually, he'd quite like this. Whether it ends up facilitating anything with Kota Ibushi, don't know. That's just an impossible one to kind of guess on there as as well. But even just sort of outside of it, New Year's Dash in and of itself, and just being able to just sort of watch it without really having to pay necessarily a load of attention to the matches, other than what are they setting up? I kind of thought, mm, yeah, generally solid way. Like the idea of Okada's first big challenger being Shingo, great. I think that's spot on. <clears throat> yeah. Big match, I think, one match, great match. Good. And it's it's what we've you know, I think that's that's fine for that. I think it's was it Yo versus Hiromu for the for the junior belt? Fine. Less into that. Yeah, I, I'm less into it, but it won't shit the bed, will mm. it? Like I think it'll be generally 
kind of fine for what it is. And weirdly, I kind of expect Yo to beat him. And hopefully, mm-hmm. again, like I always say, get her own out of the junior division. Blah, blah, blah. Does it ever happen? Does it fuck. It's um, just replaced. Just, that was all what we were saying about Kashida for about four years. Yeah. Just, replaced, just copy and paste those podcasts and, uh, and throw that name in. No, yeah. I, I, you know, that, that there's a lot of like fresh programs coming. Even like, what's your favorite shit stable? Um, is it uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and the, uh, and the Aussie Lads? Or is it a? Is it what? Is it just four guys? Just four guys. <laughs> come on, come up with a name. Like give him something. Taguchi gun. Oh, or no. just <laughs> four guys. Safety gun. Sorry. Do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. One of them walks out with an excessively bag, big bag of chips. That they're struggling to eat down. So I made the mistake <laughs> you did not recently by ordering a large fries there. And fuck me, Ooh. too much. With me and my son, we're on the way to that West Ham game. I was like, Christ, boy, you're going to have to eat a good few. I, I felt resentful. Challenge. I couldn't eat all of them. And I felt, honestly, I felt quite the angry. Problem is as well, you can't have like fries don't work cold, do they? Like, I'll try nah. it. I will. Like, I'll be like, okay, well, I've got these for a snack later. I'll finish them. But it's kind of begrudgingly like eating them going, I'm not really enjoying these. But Chuck them in a sandwich. Them. Chuck them in a sandwich, <laughs> oh, yeah. put some ketchup on it, and just do that. That's the only way That's I think you can deliver show, with cold, yeah. cold you can't chips. Can't really reheat chips, can you? Uh, nah. Can you? you can if you try with other. I mean, I hear people saying that. Just that's no good. Like, no. honestly. But yeah, <laughs> just four guys, four innocent guys. One <laughs> 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 of the greatest clips ever. There you go. We're going to have to get another show. One of them isn't, but do your research on that, folks. I'm not going to say exactly who it oh, is. Okay. Oh, right. I do know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's wrestling, isn't it? What are you going to say? It is. Um, but yeah, there you go. There, new, like I say, not. No, 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 you know, a match notable for matches show, but again, the, the positives continue with New Japan. We've started Fry Chat in the chat now. Uh, yeah, we have Andy saying airport of Saka Prize on your table. Fucking starving now of all this talk. Is <laughs> the other ball like recording early? It's like, Jesus, I could fucking eat now. It's good oh. though, we're getting into this pattern, you know, done before 11, not keeping our, uh, our patience. Shocking just, uh, behavior here. We're letting people really? have normal lives. <laughs> not, oh, not the least us uh, when you, yeah. Uh, yeah. you need it over the next few months mate so oh, I don't yeah. get as much sleep as I can uh, come from but speaking of where uh, this come from yeah we didn't really get plugs in at the, at the no. start just to, to throw out we did the, the Spike Dudley um, deep cut this week with, uh, with Carl yep. Gack King of the Mountain it was his shout and it was a great uh, little uh, gem of a topic that took us into all kinds of sidebars including Matty's career as uh, Blu-ray um, and all kinds of uh, different uh, WWE characters and matches that maybe we'd uh, forgotten um, in the run through. That was a uh, that was a lot of fun. And we got a we got a, 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 a the uh, it's a thirty year anniversary. I was wrong last week. I said it was the twenty nine year anniversary. The thirty year anniversary of Raw is uh, is this month. I think it was a couple of days yeah. ago. Therefore, uh, we are doing the uh, as we did with Nitro and as we did with Impact, uh, well, TNA, NWA, TNA. We're doing Raw Month One um, this week on the Patreon. It'll be me, you, Matty, and Gareth looking at the uh, the first three. Technically, are all January shows. We might sneak in a fourth, the uh, the first one from February as well. Raw shows, and yeah, I actually I found myself the other night. To be fair, JP, I was uh, like last night. I had Raw on, like modern day Raw. Got forty minutes in and was like, you know, I've got homework to do. Let's watch yeah. more when I actually enjoyed it. And threw the third row on and got a, a cracking Ric Flair versus uh, Mr. Perfect match from a trouble. So look forward to chatting that one uh, this week. You'll enjoy. That's that. interesting. I, actually, I think that hooked Gareth that match to uh, to do the show with us because I think he'll. Uh, it's, it's, got, it's got Gareth written all over it. That match. It's uh, it's a very good TV match. Is so that was the first episode of Raw. So Flair then, appeared in the first episode of oh, the third. Ah, uh, that's a show. Yeah. I was going to say Flair had a match on the first episode of Nitro, obviously against Sting. 
So it would I don't have been think like he's in a match on the first one. Yeah, Aww. it's weird. First one's weirdly main event with Damien Demento, and it's like, come on, yeah, like, <laughs> and they are Rob Bartlett's the comedy. Oh, we're going to get into it, mate. I'll have loads yeah. to say about all this. Um, we'll probably get to talking it again on the intro next week. No one knows, but yeah, love all to record, man. And yeah, thank you to Chris for uh, for saying he enjoyed the Spike Show very much. Uh, enjoyed that last week as well. Brilliant. Yeah, no, no, it was absolutely great fun. So go to uh, patreon.com forward slash grapple for, for those shows there. And obviously now an extensive back catalogue uh, as well. And then, uh, yeah, keep uh, if, you're, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, just make sure you've, you've got your subscription to your, to your feed on the go. We'll talk about it sort of close to the time. Look forward to, uh, to that as well. But yeah, there you go. Get all of that. And if you want, yeah, the uh, the longer extended uncut version of this podcast, get that over on Patreon too. With we had forty minutes of pre-show chats. There, I don't know how much of that's going to make the uh, the final cut. So if you want more, get it over there and get more. Yeah. Uh, Rich, thank you to Rich again for being an incredible yeah. guest. Uh, well, yeah, definitely one of the best we've uh, we've ever had. A great uh, great conversation we had him. Follow that man uh, everywhere he is on uh, on socials and listen to all his stuff. But other than that, there, JP, I think that's it for us. For another show. I'll catch you again later in the week. Bye. If you love me, please don't judge me. Don't judge me. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony. Suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree, yeah. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree, Uh, oh yeah we should probably talk that stuff shouldn't yes. we uh, I was going to say before we end the pre-show there was one thing somebody somebody wanted us to, to talk about obviously the big news of the week um, Tony Atlas I mean any thoughts JP yeah. I'm not surprised I'm not surprised like he's I, uh, we, we'd finished recording on um, Sunday not... wasn't it when we when we did the uh, the Spike Dudley show and I went on Twitter and I'd like somebody had quote tweeted it and tagged us all in the video and if you haven't seen, it's like literally Tony Atlas getting his head stomped on, like it's a like it's a Danielson match. Oh yeah, it was Mike who tagged us, and it's like, and the the girl yeah. looks like RJ City as well, which is fucking hilarious because RJ City's been making light of that all week, which is brilliant. She does if you look at it, it's him. Um, <laughs> but like somebody replied to that tweet going, "Oh, Tony gets to that stuff all the time," and I was tired from podcasting and I didn't read the tweet properly, and I thought he was talking about Tony Khan, and I literally I was like, "What? Tony Khan's got a fuck that." So I replied to the guy, go and tell me more. So the guy started going into all these stories. Like, you've never heard this before. Oh, yeah, Tony Atlas. He didn't even say Tony Atlas. Tony said, Tony does this. Oh, yeah, Tony's really into girls. He's been known for years. He's even had some wrestlers do it. And I was like, Yeah. Oh, had wrestlers stamp on his head. And it was like, only the next reply I was like, Surely kill oh, him. No? Wrong, no. Tony. <laughs> yeah.
Depends on the wrestler. If one of Bear Country are doing it, then he's in all manner of problems or something along those lines, isn't it? It's, but t- Tony Atlas, he's 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 always been hi- he's never been hiding. He's never been shy about this at all. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. Oh fucking honestly, I, lo- I just I love the way Tony Atlas does like wear it as a badge of honor, though. He's just he nah. does like it's just this just is my thing. Nah. Whatever. How you old know, is he now? Think what you want. Was he mid sixties, late sixties? I'm looking it up now. He is 68. In wrestling years, that's nearly 90 slash 100, isn't it? Let's be honest. And look, and he's still he's still got a libido. He's still got you know he's still got some um, some energy to get into what he gets into. I'm not going to judge Tony Atlas. I think good for him. Well done. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) Unit of a man. Not related, but my favorite age thing this week is like that. Video of uh, X Pac and uh, you know El Generico from Chikara at that time. He's yeah. been doing the rounds again when they did that match, and like I remember when that match happened, being like, "Oh, how cool is it that like this old wrestler X Pac's willing to do something with a current indie star?" <laughs> Looked up X Pac's age; he was thirty-eight at the time. JP, like he's my age, no. and it was like, "What? No. He's retired wrestler coming back to do the indies, or isn't it nice this old man's coming back? Fucking thirty-eight. He's like on his last <laughs> shoot interview." By the time he's got to oh, that stage, isn't he? He's done. He's done like a breaking kayfabe Sean Oliver DVD <laughs> by that stage, and you just think, yeah, he's, he's gone <laughs> and washed up. And it's just, it's, it's terrifying because oh. he really isn't that much older than me. Like, and, and yeah. it's just like, my God, we roll. But then, as sports fans, we do that, don't we? Yeah. A footballer hits thirty, and it's like, get rid, too old. And you just shock. Imagine someone said that about you at your job. That's no, happened yeah. in Leicester now, though. There was that lad at the World Cup who was like 39, wasn't there? And like, obviously, Ronaldo oh, yeah. and Messi were getting up there as well. well. When we get into it, we're going to talk about like a couple of 50 year olds working their socks off at the minute <laughs> all over at AEW at <laughs> some stage. You can't move for them. Much more <laughs> sprightly than some of their Japanese counterparts. Oh. Looking at you, pro wrestling, Noah. Well, well, speaking of uh, perverted elderly people, should we start the show properly? Yes. <laughs> we'll yes. get into what is that? Uh, yes, sir. Right, brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. All right. I will count us in. In three, two, one. 